Hello, everybody. Welcome to RPG Cast, episode 449 for the week of December 9th, 2017. I'm Chris Privetier. We are here with your December update of RPGs and their releases, which there's more than I expected there to be. We've also got some news, and most importantly, we have Anna Marie back on the show. Anna Marie, say hi! Yay! Hi! Yay! How you doing today, Anna Marie? I'm good. Yay! I missed all of you. Yeah. Wh- why were you gone for so long? Um. Well, we. I. You were sick for two weeks, I think. Yeah. And you had then when Thanksgiving, and then you were. There, you were gone for a party for work. Yeah. And oh my gosh. And now I'm back. You're back. I'm back. You're back. Guess who's back? Back, back again. again. Pause is back. Also Hello, back, friend. Pascal Takaya. Hello. Kelly Ryan. I'm back in black. Oh, business black. And Josh Carpenter. Hey. Who's back on mute? <laughs> Who's back from muting? <laughs> Back on mute. <laughs> oh, what is going on? Oh, is it not working? No, it's fine. It's fine. You're, You're fine. good. You're good now. It's, oh, fine, good now. Now. it's, it's fine, fine now. It's fine now. It's fine now. Everything's fine now. It's fine now. It's fine now. How are you? How are you? Everything's fine here. How are you? It's fine. <laughs> Boring conversation anyway. All right. So and now I've lost oh. everything. What happened here? What was that? I don't know. Did why did I lose sound? I don't know. Was that the recording or just the speaker? It was just the speaker, Anna. Okay. We're good. Okay. We're good. Nobody at no at home knows what's going on. <laughs> and I'll totally remember to edit this out. No, you won't. Uh huh. So, what do we talk about? What have we been playing? What the hell have you been playing? It's been like a month and a half. Surely you have seven hundred games, and we're going to be here for an hour. I feel so ashamed. Anna, why do you only have two games? I know! I have been so... What did you do? I fell into the Where black... Where is Anna and what have you done with her? I fell into the black hole of the secret Santa website I work for. Oh, right. Oh, it that. It, it got very crazy very quickly. So I have been playing the game of technologically uninclined people use a technologically inclined thing. <laughs> How well does that work for you? <laughs> um, it requires answering the same question over and over again for about 12 hours a day. So I don't have as much time to play video games as I normally do. But um, I played Etrian Odyssey 5. And, it's um, Etrian-y. It is Etrian-y. Um, so I liked it. Does you have a very pregnant pause there? But it is not as good as the Untold games. It is, or even Etrian Odyssey Four. Yeah, no. So I mean, it does some things that are good. So like the maps are very pretty. I feel like they did a much better job with color selection and saturation. Like I don't feel like. The fact that I'm partially colorblind is holding me back from making pretty maps anymore. Um, And like they added these cool like little mini events on all the floors. 
and I feel like they have a much better spread of um, non-story quests. Um, and I had a really cool party build, um, and it was I used a guide. I I wasn't gonna, you know, take a chance on building a crap party. <laughs> See, that was that has been my biggest issue with that game is that I did not. I didn't get very far because I started Pokemon, but I could not figure out what kind of party I wanted. Yeah, I did like a Dragoon and a Botanist, which is a tank and the healer. And then I did a Fencer. So the Dragoon is interesting. It's a backline tank. Um, and then I did a Fencer and a Wizard. And I forget what my fifth one was. They were another frontline person. Oh, Pugilist. Um, so yeah, that was my party. And, uh, yeah, uh, I kind of slowly but surely worked through the game and then all of a sudden it was done. And I was like, oh, I didn't realize that was the final boss. Okay. See, I'm, I'm, I'm done. glad that you're saying this because I, there was something about that game that just wasn't feeling like it was the same quality as other Etrian games. I was just... Uh, it desperately needed a story. And it was like... Yeah, I, the thi when, That was the thing that I loved about the, the Untold 1 and Untold 2. It was like the dungeon crawling was really solid. The story really pulled it together for me. Like the, the making the meals was really good. Food is like nowhere near as good in Etrian Odyssey 5. It feels like some of the things they did really cool, like the little mini events inside of the dungeon, super awesome. Um, how they used food in Etrian Odyssey 5, like two complete steps backwards from the previous couple of games, from the Untold games. Um, I also hate the way that they do shortcuts. I like the way that they do shortcuts in Persona Q much better, where when you put down the arrow, it tells you what direction it goes in. And once you've used that shortcut, it then turns into a two-way arrow. So it's much easier for me to tell which shortcuts I've actually unlocked. And I noticed in that first dungeon that there aren't a lot of shortcuts, which really kind of threw me off. No, shortcuts are pretty rare, and they're basically at the very end of the level. So I played it on easy. Um, I found it took about an hour to finish every level, um, which was okay pacing. Um, I didn't like... So in Entering Odyssey 4, when you played on easy, your RE and odd thread never disappeared from your inventory. In Entering Odyssey 5, it does, which was super annoying. Yeah, I that pisses me off too. And I feel like that's kind of a downgrade from the previous game. So it was like, I wasn't underwhelmed by the game. I was just kind of whelmed. It's it's an Etrian Odyssey game, and I like Etrian Odyssey games. But in terms of where I would rank it, it amongst all of the EO games that I would finish, that I have finished, it is dead last. And I gotta say, I think another step back for that game is not having a airship component like in Etrian Odyssey 4 because I really thought that being able to explore an overworld and find different dungeons and 
gathering points and stuff was what made Etrian Odyssey 4 so good. Yeah, it's really, really narrowed down to the, just that one dungeon. And I think that would not have been bad if it had a more overarching story because um, Etrian Odyssey 2, either one or two untold, I forget which one, only has like the one dungeon and like mm -hmm. no exploration at all outside of that one dungeon. And I felt no desire to ever leave that dungeon because I was constantly being fed more and more story as I went through it. So I didn't feel like, oh, this is it. Like, why don't I get anything else out of this? And I really did go to the final boss and was like, oh, this is a little bit harder than the other things that I faced. Maybe there's a trick to it that I'm missing. And I looked it up on Game FAQs to see if I could figure out what the trick was. And I looked up, you know, the, the floor that I was on and it was like, help with final boss. And I was like, wait, oh, okay, I guess I'm on the final boss. And it was buy this item and win. And that, that is sounds literally what I did. That sounds pretty underwhelming. It was it was not underwhelming, but it was certainly whelming. I don't think that means what you think it means. <laughs> it was not overwhelming. It was not underwhelming. It was just a little whelming. It was a whelm. It was a whelm. <laughs> it was a, It sounds I, middling. Yes. I it was okay. It was an Etrian Odyssey game. I enjoyed playing it. I will never play it again. And I have zero interest in post-game. So it has gone back in the case, and it will go into the basement, and it will probably collect dust until I sell it. Because the chance that you're going to play it, Chris, is like zero. Yeah. Why don't you just sell it now? All right. Anybody want to buy a Trinazi 5? <laughs> <laughs> After my glowing review, I'm sure I'm going to get lots of yeah. offers. Um, and then I, I, as I promised that I would on like... Um, I, I think I actually promised it on the October 7th show. So sorry, guys. I'm like two months behind. I'm playing Final Fantasy Dimensions 2. Yay. Yay. Good for you. you Tell see, us about that game. Do you like it? You Is seem it to like good? it. Oh, it's really good. She, she does really like it. I do really like it. All right. So to kind of clear up some misconceptions, because I feel like I've been answering this question kind of over and over again on Twitter. No. Here's the deal. In Japan, this game was episodic, free to play with gotcha mechanics. In North America, this game is a one-time purchase with everything included and no gotcha mechanics. No additional purchases, no in-app, anything. So one payment, good to go. No draw, you know, no, no draw and hope for the best. Everything is baked into simple game progression, and it's all there. You're never going to wait for any content. Cool? Makes mm -hmm. sense? Clear as mud? Mm -hmm. All right. That sounds good. It is. Because all most of the chapters end on cliffhangers. <laughs> that would suck. Yeah, it's like at one point it's like Bahama uh, Bahamut lets off like this huge, um, like rawr, mega flare, and it's like bam, end of chapter. And if that had been the end of the chapter, I would have been like, no, what happens? Yeah, that would have driven me crazy. 
Yeah, no, we get it. We get it. So, but fortunately, you didn't have to wait. I didn't have to wait. Yeah. All right. So, um, yeah. So, all right. So, in terms of story, kind of the the premise of this game is you play as. Um, oh my gosh, I'm having a total brain fart. Um, why can I not remember my character's name? <laughs> Hang on. Oh my gosh. Moro. Right, right, right. So the game opens as Moro, who is like a, a young adult, you know, hanging out in his village. And Rig is like an adventurer who travels the world. And a meteor falls on the island. And out of the meteor pops a girl. Da, 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 and monsters come and attack her. Um, and so very quickly you realize that this is a story about time travel and uh, Bahamut and but when you meet Bahamut um, he's itty bitty hey, he's itty bitty hey, and you call him Moody <laughs> and he says Q Q Q it's very cute so the dragon god is a Pokemon in this game more or less yeah. yes he's very adorable um, and the problem that has happened is at some point in the near future, Moody becomes Bahamut, the god of destruction, and basically screws up the world. And the girl that fell in the meteor is from the future. Dun, dun, dun. And so um, it turns out that all of these bad events that have happened through time um, were precipitated by the Mycidian crisis which happened, um, well, Moro's time is 2015. So it happened 2,000 years ago. So basically you're bouncing back and forth between multiple time periods. Um, the Mycenaean crisis, which is zero. Um, 600, 1200, present time, and then the future, 2500. So you basically have to bounce around between those times. And you pick up an elf along the way, and then you pick up a dwarf along the way, and that's your party members. It actually sounds very Chrono Trigger, bouncing around time like that. <laughs> but the future refused to change. Actually, It'd be funny if accurate. it had an ending like that. Well, um, I, it's kind of funny say. because <laughs> that's part of the story. Um, okay. But the future did refuse to change, at least for a while. Um, and so, yeah, you're bouncing back and forth between time. And it's kind of funny because there's actually an immortal character that you start meeting throughout all the time periods. And he ends up becoming very sort of relevant to all of the time periods. So in terms... Still, still Chrono Trigger. Oh, is there an immortal, is there an immortal character in Maybe Chrono not Trigger like as well? word for word, but there's uh, Magus. Oh, is he immortal? It's not... No, oh. I, like I, I don't remember. I don't think so. Not word for word, but... Some similarity. Okay. This is he shows up, I think, in multiple places and Yeah. Um yeah. In fact, I don't think that's entirely an inappropriate comparison because when the Mycidian crisis occurs, there's a fracture in time that throws everybody who is and within it, the radius into different eras. I don't know that you wanna give away everything here. I'm not giving away oh, all right. So. so mechanically, is this like, well, what are you playing it on? Uh, I'm playing it on an iPad, so it's a mobile game, so it's iOS and Android. 
but it's not um like what are they? They're the heroes of Final Fantasy or no? Those, it's the all clickery new characters. Games. Yeah, uh. I just mean like combat wise. This isn't um. So there was some combat wise, this sort of plays like. Um, so there's a whole bunch of like Chinese mobile games that play like this and they're normally energy driven. So I've played a few games like this, but the idea is, is once you get into combat, um, there's a certain number of waves that you have to clear in order to complete the stage. And while you're in the stage, you have your hit points and mana that tick down as you take damage and use your abilities. Once you've cleared the stage, they completely heal back up to full. So you can go as crazy bananas as you want within a stage and then you just automatically heal back up. And so when you first start out, you have a limited number of abilities. To learn new abilities, you gain signets. And this is where the old gotcha mechanic came in. So when the game was out in Japan, you used to have to pull on the gotcha machine to get new signets and you could get duplicates. Now you gain signets as you progress through the story and do quests. As you um, wear a signet, you will learn new abilities. So you gain AP as you finish each stage. Once you've mastered a signet, um, you can take that signet off and you will still be able to access that ability. But while you have a signet equipped, you can also access the Eidolon that is associated with that signet and can summon it during combat. So you have to kind of balance between, do I want to learn a new ability or do I want to have this specific Eidolon available because they have a very nice um, like bonus when I summon them? You're just so you're describing the the Esper system from Final Fantasy VI, right? Very now. similar, yes. And I take it the Eidolons are classic Final Fantasy summons. Um, yeah, yeah, super. So like, um, you know, there's uh everything from actual Eidolons, so like Ifrit and Shiva and Odin, um, to characters. So like, um, uh, uh what's his name? Funga. Oh, Chupon. Yeah. And uh, his octopus friend. You don't understand how ult- much she ult- said Funga while playing yes. this game. Funga! Oh my gosh. <laughs> so like actual like bad guys and enemies and stuff. So like I have Rubiconte and Cognazzo. Um, there's also like I have Chocobo and Fat Chocobo. Um, and yeah, so a mix of enemy and I have like bomb cluster and a bomb itself. So a mix of enemies, Eidolons, and famous characters are my signets. Um, the cool thing is, is you also get stones. And you can get a level one stone, and that will move your um, signet up to level two. And if you have a level two stone, your signet moves up to level three. And again, once they've been ranked up, they can again gain more AP. Once you've maxed out your signet to the next level, your skill becomes a new level. So, for example, when I equip my goblin, I learned strike one. And then I gave it a red stone and I leveled it up again and I got strike two. 
and then I gave it a redstone two and I leveled it up again and I got strike three. Does that make sense when I explain it that way? Mm-hmm. Okay. Cool. And so enemies have different um, strengths and weaknesses and they all have different abilities. And so there's like um, uh, a column on the left-hand side of the screen that tells you who is going to go next and what enemies are going to go in what order. And so basically you can tap and hold on an ability to see like how long it's going to take to charge up to see what the effects are going to be. So there are some abilities that might delay the enemy's turn or that might cast slow on it or that it might stun it. And so if you just like press and hold your finger down on that, you will actually see how the turns shift around in that turn order. Um, so you can see if it's worth doing that. Um, and if you have like a really big ability that's like charge up, then do six, you know, attacks in a row to the same enemy. Um, you can actually like press and hold on that ability and see how many turns it will take to charge up that attack. And it's like, is it worth it to charge up this attack or would it be more worth it for me to do, you know, three smaller attacks on it instead? So it's cool having that like turn order on screen because it lets you decide like which enemies to prioritize in like kill order or like whether it's worth charging up for a bigger attack or to do a smaller attack um you know how you how you're going to affect the turn order if you slow or like stun an enemy so they did a really good job like making a cool heads up um display of everything going on and you could do buffs and debuffs and out of the six characters they've done a pretty good job of making everybody a little bit unique while still having overlap so like um three of the six people all have breath abilities which is an aoe attack against all enemies but all of them have a different element so like rig has a stone breath whereas Moro has a fire breath. So even though they technically have the same style of attack, what element they're going to do is different. Sounds good. Too bad I won't be playing it. I'm... You don't have any mobile devices? I do, but I'm, I don't know. I like playing on my... Uh, Big TV? Home platforms. Oh, yeah. that's fair enough. I mean, My mobile consoles. gaming isn't for everybody, and I could totally respect that. I have to wonder if they would do a PC port of it because I think it would do pretty well on PC. Um, real quick question, sir: Are you moving around dungeons? No. Um, so, like, um, to move around the world map, you basically tap, um, to move to different locations. Okay. So there are like static locations of the map that you move to and you tap there and it'll open up like a little sub menu and it'll be like, you know, Rig's last stand and it will tell you what level the enemies are and whether there's a story quest there and you tap on that to go into that level and then it'll be like stage or, you know, wave one of six and you fight that wave and then your characters like run forward and wave two of six and then you beat them, and then your characters run forward. 
So you never have to, there's no, so I know like in Dimensions 1, they had like that annoying like on-screen movement thing that I hated. Um, This, it's all like tapping. Because Dimensions 1 was more like a traditional 16-bit Final Fantasy game. I didn't know if they had. This is more like, it, it plays like a mobile game. Okay. Is, is that a good thing? Is basically the best way that I could explain it. It feels really, it feels really good. It feels like a Final Fantasy game, which is my always my primary concern when it comes to like mobile games like this. Is like that was my big concern with Record Keeper too. Is it's like this is clearly a mobile game that is intended to suck down my money. Does it feel like a Final Fantasy game? Yes, it does. Have my money. Hey, Record Keeper feels like a greatest hits of Final Fantasy. This sounds like it's taking a that Record Keeper format and putting it into an original game. Yes. So it does a really good job of capturing like an old school Final Fantasy game vibe while kind of using like modern mobile gaming mechanics. So I have a lot of fun with it. I don't I have played games like this before. Um like I said with with like timing mechanics which is why i think i feel really happy with it because this has no timing mechanics no cooldown mechanics i can play it as often as i want for as long as i want and the story is really good and the characters are very lovable so i'm having a ton of fun with it so i finished the main story last night at precisely 43 hours um, I did skip like pretty much all the side quests in chapter six to to clock in at 43 hours. So I'm kind of going through this morning and clearing out all those side quests. And now I'm starting the interlude. So there's an, a huge epilogue apparently. And then there's also like a, a post story as well. So I'm looking forward to doing that. And that's what I've been playing. Just two games. How long do you think this game is? I just said I finished it 43 hours. And then if you add on the epilogue? Uh, 60. That's but pretty don't forget, long. But don't forget that I'm a really slow player. And I've been doing all of the side quests. Except chapter 6. I just finished them. Oh, you just did them. <laughs> yeah, so I'm at like 45 hours at this point. Sounds like you have a side quest addiction. Yeah, I think we have an editorial about that that we're going to be discussing. Maybe a little later. What a coincidence. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so that's what you've been playing. What have you been playing, Chris? I've been playing more Xenoblade Chronicles 2, and yes, I am doing tons of side quests in it. (laughs) I'm doing all the side quests in it (laughs) because I want to get more powerful... So, Chris, I meant to wanted if I would have been on, I would have asked this last week. Do you feel like that game is a waste of your playing time? How so? I just I was referencing that uh, Kotaku article or Kotaku review of the game, and um, I, I feel c- like I feel like parts of it are not respectful of my time. Yes, okay. Um, there is. It's interesting how 
Okay, so Xenoblade Chronicles 2 is it's a Tales of game or an anime game that you're playing through, and it's got good writing and good characters and good voice acting, and it's real fun, and I just want to keep playing more, and I want to hear Tora go, meh, 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 all the time, and I really like that. Um, but there are parts of this game that are just kind of weird. There's there's a map system that is just terrible. Um, it, it, it's lacking the right type of map that you need to actually find where your objectives are, and it's very easy to get lost and and not and just waste a bunch of time trying to find where you're supposed to go. Um, it is a weird game in that I feel like the regular enemy fights are more difficult than the boss fights, um, <sighs> and and. I don't know why, but I find myself dying to regular enemies all the time and never dying to bosses. Um, and I'm sitting here doing all the side quests and trying to level up and be on top of things. And I'm trying to use all my arts and stuff. And I'm something's weird because I just keep finding myself in spots where I, I'm getting crushed. And maybe it's because I'm trying to do side quests and explore. And I'm just not in an area where they expected me to be, but I'm like looking at the enemy levels and they're like maybe a level higher than me at times and usually not. And I don't know. It's weird. Um, so I, I, I have two chief complaints and, and mostly it's, it's the way their objective finding system works. Uh, it doesn't, uh, because it, the, <laughs> It is an absolute... Uh, they don't do wayfinding. So, like, you should go here, and then we'll update the icon to where you need to go here because, you know, you need to go around the corner, and we respect that by directing you to the corner and then to where you need to go. No, it's a, like a straight GPS coordinate. Like, you need to go there, and so it'll run you right up against the side of a mountain, and you have no idea, am I supposed to go over this mountain, under this mountain, to the left of this mountain, to the right of this mountain? And the answer is no. You're supposed to go climb up the tree that's not anywhere in the direction that the indicator is supposed to be. And then once you get up the tree, then there's a path that slopes down, and then you can get down and around the mountain range. And so I lost like an hour or more just trying to find my next objective at one point and so that was no fun um so that's complaint one and then complaint two is just like the the weird combat balance where um regular you know the bosses aren't challenging and the enemies are and i'd rather have the bosses be the challenging thing and let me grind on the enemies and and be able to shut off my brain for a bit um and and actually get experience gains from that um but so th those two things being what they are, um, there's still lots of side quests to do and lots of um, good conversations and fun things to just see and, and, and experience. And so that makes it worth it still. Um, I think I'm going to be playing this game for a long time, though. <laughs> um, oh, uh, Janesville Ninja in the chat asks if I'm playing mostly docked. I've been playing mostly docked, yes, because it looks a lot nicer on the TV than it does on handheld mode. Um, when Alex was telling us that the, the resolution drops in handheld mode, he was not kidding. And it doesn't just drop to like 720p. It drops like, it looks like a 3DS image being blown up and displayed on the on the Switch's screen when it's undocked. I don't know why. That seems unnecessary. Other games haven't had to do that. Um, yeah, and the, and the frame rate, uh, it has frame rate issues in both modes and whatever. It, this thing's really pushing the Switch. <laughs> You can tell. <laughs> um, so yeah, I'm playing mostly docked because that it just looks the best docked um, because of the resolution. So, and yeah, that's. Uh, I don't know. Is, is there more? You have more questions for me, Kelly? Um, no, I was just 
curious what you thought about it because I'd seen very polarizing reviews and like you know Alex gave it a five out of five and then Kotaku calls it just the most horrible game ever and I kind of wanted it to be a more I kind of wanted a very middle ground opinion yeah I'm kind of well I'm closer to the middle ground for sure than either of them I think (laughs) Um, yeah I don't know what is this Oh, they've they've got another article up on Kotaku saying Xenoblade Chronicles 2 is pretty darn different in Japanese. Um, I don't know what that means, but okay. Uh, oh, they have religion. It means scrubbing. they localized it. Uh, well, I, I can yeah. tell. Yeah. Um, I actually, I said it to Japanese, so I have to be, you know, I don't speak or understand Japanese, but a lot of times I'll like Japanese voice actors more. So I did try the game with the Japanese audio and played it for a while, and I I really like um, certain characterizations better in the Japanese versions, like uh, the, the big kitty cat. Um, he has a voice that's more appropriate to his character, I feel, in the Japanese version, um, whereas in the U.S. version, he's voiced by a guy who sounds really old. But unfortunately, the cat character is not really old. He doesn't have any, like, old memories. He's he's only been around as long as his driver, who's very young, has been around. And it, and it doesn't make sense for him to have, like, this wise old man voice. And in the Japanese, he's got a very, very serious, stern, I must serve my lady voice. And it's a much better character. That's the only one I like mm-hmm. better, though. Um, everything else, I really like the English voice acting better. I like the characterizations better. I think Nia is more fun in the U.S. version. She's the mean cat girl, and I think um, Tora's voice is more fun in the in the U.S. version. Um, now, maybe if I actually understood the Japanese, I would have a different opinion. But this is from a person who doesn't speak Japanese's um, perspective. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. Whatever. Um, but what it's worth, I think, hearing about this game over the last couple of episodes is has been like the deciding factor for me if, if I want to switch or not. How so? Just um, it just sounded good, and there, you know, buying a, a console, I need I need more than just one or two games that sound like something I'd want to play on it. And so between Zelda and Mario, I was maybe a little bit iffy. You know, that sounds that's all good and well, but this one, I think, you know, kind of just in a way broke the it was a straw that broke the camel's back so i think a switch is something i want to get somewhere in the near future so yeah i've been thinking about this game in context of the other two xenoblade games um because i've tried playing all of them and uh i just kind of burned out on xenoblade chronicles x extremely quickly um and xenoblade chronicles um I tried playing it on the Wii and didn't get very far. And then I gave it another shot on 3DS, and that was better because I liked having it portable and with me all the time. But then I got to the point where I was grinding in a large plane in some area, and I just like, I need to keep doing this for forever, and the combat's really boring, and I'm not getting anywhere. Um, and then just kind of never went back to it. And I feel like um, a lot of the things that... <sighs> I feel like a lot of things. Uh, the... The things in Xenoblade Chronicles, the first one, because I didn't play X enough, that X just really didn't click with me. Um, the first Xenoblade Chronicles, I feel like there were there were shortcomings, and this feels like an old game that I'm playing now because the resolution's real small, real old because it's like not even an HD game, and the interface could use you know everything should be more modern or whatever. And 
I feel like they've dealt with all that here. I feel like this is all right. This has all like the base amenities of life that I like to f- to make me feel comfortable and everything. And this is good. And I can just I can just relax in this one. And I don't know what it is um, because it, it's got those two big complaints I said earlier, um, and those are UI complaints. Um, well, one of them is UI complaint. One isn't right. Sorry, but it's for some reason it just feels better and it's like i don't want to go back to those old games this is the one i want to sink a bunch of hours into and i'm okay if i don't go back to the old ones um and that's just how i feel right now and i think i should go back and play those other two and actually compare that to get a better thought out opinion on that um but yeah i don't know this is good uh okay one of your blades i should tell you this one of your blades um her name is poppy and she doesn't level up the normal way. You have to get parts and, and unlock abilities for her in a different way. And that comes by um, playing a little NES game called um, Tiger Tiger. And it's a, it's a little dive down and avoid all the enemies on your way down. Get a treasure chest and then avoid all your enemies on the way back up game. And uh, I played that a lot. And it's really dumb <laughs> how into that I got. <laughs> But um, you the should... way you started that, I thought you were about to say this was like one of the uh, pervy Vita mini games to level characters up. Yeah, no. <laughs> and it's weird because that character, you, um, it would actually make a lot of sense to have that have a pervy mini game to level her up, given uh, some of the story around her. But no, they don't do that. And it's it's I don't know, it's kind of neat just to have a totally different way just for this one character. And if you really hate that game, you, you get other characters to use instead of her if you don't want to have her in the party and have to invest that time but i think it's really cool how they just have yeah here's a totally different system just for one of the blades and it's like totally weird (laughs) (laughs) um and i'm I'm saying this because i'm scrolling through the kotaku review and i'm watching them complain about that blade i'm like well whatever (laughs) that didn't bug me (laughs) so have you found oh it's jason oh jason didn't like it oh yeah have you found any of the blades with the spine-breaking chest yet? Yep. I'm sorry. Oh. Um, bunny. Yes, we got the bunny lady. Okay. Yes. Yep. I, I got her last night. It was my first um, non-common blade. And it was like, oh, finally. And I, I don't, what is she about? I don't. This, car- this artwork is terrible. <laughs> I probably won't have her in my party for very long. <laughs> But for now, she's like one of my only um, rare blades, so she's in the party. <laughs> that is a weird-looking character. Like, she has hair that turns into ears at the end of the hair. It's so strange. Um, <clears throat> I have a friend who is an art professor that looked at that character and was like, her spine is 90 degrees, and he took her the screenshot with her and drew a centaur body on her and it worked (laughs) yeah it's um yeah there's weird things going on there um (laughs) so funny when you put it that way yeah um so sam blake chronicles 2 i'm still enjoying it and i still keep I sit down, I'm like, all right, should I play more Destiny 2 or Assassin's Creed? And I always end up going back into Xenoblade Chronicles 2 because that's just like the sweet spot of of fun and seriousness and not not so much seriousness and stuff for me for most nights right now. So that's good. Um, but I have been trying to balance that by putting in a, um, some time into Battleship Brigade as well. 
And so I've gotten to chapter four of Battleshock Brigade. There's six chapters in it. And I was um, sad Alex is playing that too. He's not here this week to talk about it. But that is a really cool game as well. And so this is... Um, so Battleshock Brigade, if you haven't heard about this, it's on PC and Switch. It is... Um, it's heavily inspired by Iron Chef. Um, and then they went and made a game that's that's very much... Uh, how do we call this? It's it's half match three and half um, action combat game. So you have to go out and kill a bunch of enemies and get their meat. And then you take it back to the kitchen and do a bunch of puzzle mechanics to make dishes with highly leveled up um, combinations of the, of the ingredients you found um, via a match three combat system that has like uh, weird permutations that you learn over the course of the game. And there's a lot of little things that they add, but they, they teach you to real slowly and it's really well balanced. Um, and you end up learning, Oh yeah, this is how I should start doing these sorts of things. And here's how to get out of this situation and level this up. And they have lots of, uh, so when you're putting your, your things in the match three, it's not just a match three screen. You're actually choosing what pot to put your stuff into. And they have different, different things happen in different pots. This pot only matches green gems, but you only need two to get a combo. Um, this pot matches, um, it needs four to get a combo, but instead of leveling up just one to the next level of gem by combining, they level up two levels to the next level. So by just finding four level ones, you get a level three. Woo. Yay. Um, and then there's another one that's like, this is just an oven. And you just put stuff in here, and it will gradually upgrade the gems for you, and you just leave it. And then go work on fighting and getting more ingredients for the other dish you're working on. And it's just got lots of cool mechanics around that. And then all this is wrapped in this this giant story of, of Mina, who wants to become part of the Battle Chef Brigade, which is their equivalent of Iron Chefs in this world. And they... they and you just have a, she's going on an adventure to the city and she's going to go through the tournament to become a Battleship Brigade person. And you got to beat all these other people. And then there's this whole plot and there's corruption in the meat and you have to f discover what's going on and you're talking to people. And it's got some visual novel elements to that because you're just having conversations with everyone and little cutscenes. And then you have optional things you can do to get money. So you have some puzzles you can solve optionally. You have some um, line work you can do, which is like really easy match three stuff that you have to do really quickly to, and you get money with that stuff and you buy more better pans or ingredients for your pantry to use in the combat stuff it's just really well put together it's got good music it's got good discuss good writing good story it looks neat uh, it's a very interesting art style um and you just i i like everything about this game and i highly recommend it <laughs> i've heard good things about it it was really well done. I was worried that it was going to get boring or I wasn't going to click with it well. And it's like, no, I totally click with it real well. And it's like, oh, it's great. So um, I will probably finish that this week. And uh, yeah, that, that's been a good one so far. And this is Switch, right? Uh, I'm playing it on Switch. It's also on PC. Okay. And Switch sounds like it has an abnormal amount of just really fun bite-sized games on it yeah because indie people are putting games on it right <laughs> that's how that yeah. works right <laughs> well i know i know but it's just amazing to me how many like golf story yeah. and battle chef brigade mm -hmm. and all kinds of these just fun little guy what am i trying to say F fun little bite-sized games which i just said yeah <laughs> fair enough fair enough <laughs> sorry but that's good yeah we need more stuff like this 
And now I want to go play more Xenoblade. So I'm gonna I'm gonna hand this off to somebody somebody else. Who's Kelly? What have you been playing? Did you play more Sonic? Well, have you played more Sonic? No, I don't even have Sonic Forces. Oh, you don't? Oh, I thought you did. I, I, I don't. I'm no, I I put it on my Christmas list, but whether or not anybody gets it for me, I don't know. Um, no, uh, over the holiday break, I went on a little bit of a wow bender because oh. that was the thir- the 13th anniversary. So they had that trinket that gives you a 13% bonus to your EXP gains. So I pretty much spent my entire Thanksgiving break just leveling characters through uh, Legion invasions and stuff like that. I didn't know they and, were doing that. Yeah. Oh. So because of that, I ended up finishing up my Paladin and Demon Hunter campaigns. And I I really started enjoying Demon Hunter towards the end just because they play so, so much like a ninja that they're just fun to play. And when you finish the Demon Hunter campaign fully and get the class mount, you also get access to a toy that gives you a Demon Hunter version of Pepe. Ooh. Oh, I saw you were hunting Pepe costumes, weren't you? Yes. Well, I had to actually get the achievement that lets you get a permanent Pepe whistle, which involves beating pretty much every boss in Draenor with Pepe on your head. Is that doable on your own now? Oh, oh, you can totally do it on your own now. I had like I even soloed the raid, (laughs) the, the raid stuff. That's just one expansion back, though. Yeah. Okay. Wow. Well, my my hunter is item level like nine hundred and five <laughs> right. right now, and if you do the raid finder version of the Draenor raids, then you shouldn't have any issues whatsoever. I don't even think I died. Oh, there. you did the raid finder, so you yeah. didn't solo it, or you did? No, no, no. You no. You uh, you can solo raid finder stuff. There is an oh. NPC. There's an NPC in your garrison that lets you solo queue Raid Finder. I didn't know stuff. that. Yeah, okay. um, all of the stuff that is in Raid Finder, you can. There's an NPC that you have to talk to that it asks you if you just want to do a solo queue, and then it pops up and you can go in by yourself. And the reason why it's like that is because there's a lot of gear that's Raid Finder only. Mm-hmm. So, um, in yeah, but is Drain- all that gear also available in better forms in the regular raid? Yeah. Well, yeah, but it's different colors. Oh, of course. The Raid Finder version is easier too, right? Yeah. And most of the time, the Raid Finder version is like the ugliest color of the three. <laughs> it should be. <laughs> yeah, but um, but no, every, every Raid Finder thus far since Dragon Soul, which was the first Raid Finder, um, has an NPC that you have to seek out to talk to, and you can do a solo queue. I think for Dragon Soul, you go to the Caverns of Time. For Pandaria, you go to where the Lore Walkers are, and you can talk to an NPC. Um, funnily enough, the Pandaria NPC is called Han, as in Han Solo. Oh, boo. Boo. Yeah. And then uh, for Draenor, the NPC that you talk to is in your garrison. So, yeah, I've I've got Pepe in all of his forms and costumes now, and don't really have to do Draenor content anymore because of it. But man, that little bird is so cute. 
Oh, and trying to find him in the new Dalaran took me like an hour because there's like up to 20 different locations he can possibly spawn. So I spent a better part of an hour putting waypoints into um, Tom Tom and just kind of going through and checking like each of these spawn points, trying to find where he was going to spawn. <laughs> nice. But that version of Pepe has cute little goggles. Oh, that's how you get the goggles. Okay. Yeah. Traveler Pepe. Where's Ninja Pepe? Um, Ninja Pepe is in Draenor. Okay. We have all these Pepes in our house as plushies. So. Oh, okay. <laughs> I didn't know that. I knew that they made a Pepe plush. I didn't know that they had made all the costumes. Oh, yeah. I think we don't have Pirate Pepe. We need to think about that, Anna. Okay. I know it'd be I'm hard just... to talk you into it. Yeah, and I'm definitely. I'm surprised that they haven't made a plush of uh, Illidan Pepe. Yeah, no Illidan yet. Pepe. Yeah. Really? But, uh, Illidan Pepe is the cutest of all of them all, and I can't. I'm trying to pull up the text that's on him. Yeah, the item you get is called a tiny set of war glaives, and. The text says, call forth your ally, Demon Hunter Pepe, to write on your head as you slay demons together. <sighs> I must have this. I'm so pussy. Anna, you yeah. don't play the game. You have to play the game. Yeah, you got to level up a Demon Hunter to 110, and then you've got to fully finish their campaign. <sighs> I guess I have to go back it. and play a Demon Hunter now. But area. Demon Hunter is so fun. As soon as they put out that patch that ups the experience, Anna. Well, I guess it doesn't matter for Demon Hunter, but... The the best thing about Demon Hunter is getting to do the eye beam like every 30 seconds. <laughs> you feel like Superman? I, I feel like I'm definitely killing stuff with lasers, that's for sure. Are you trying to find three plushies that we don't already own? Shush. <laughs> yes, actually. I'm having a lot of trouble with it. I think I found three. This Azure Whelpling, this this Snow White Wolfie guy, and Pirate Pepe. <laughs> and, Mer and the Murloc. Yep. We that don't was... have the Murloc Do either, yeah. Yep, but I don't think we want three. them. Well, we, that's four, Anna. That's Do you have three. the Shadow Fox? Well, hold on. There's a puppet. There's a bundle. Three plushies for fifty dollars. Yeah. So that's a fairly good savings. Unfortunately, there's four plush plushies on here we don't have. What are the four? Uh, Pirate Pepe. Uh huh. The Azure Whelpling. Uh huh. The Snowfang. <gasps> do we not have that little puppy? We I have. We, we have. Do. We have the cat, and we have the gray puppy. Oh. We don't we have the, the white one. puppy. We need the white puppy. Oh, I'll okay. take that over the murky. Okay. Well, do you want Azure Whelping or the Squirky Murky? Uh, Azure Whelping. Okay. Did you guys get the fox already? Um, is there a fox plushie? Yeah, they just released a plushie of the Shadow Fox that came out. That was um. Oh, oh what, what? They they released a fox called Shadow that. Oh, when the Mega Wish it, one. Yeah, that no, that was the Red Cross one. It came out after all the hurricanes. Oh, okay. This guy, Anna. We have him. No, we don't. We don't? No, we do not have a giant purple fox with giant ears. Oh, yeah, I'm that... behind. I'm still looking at the plushie bundle. 
yeah, that one just that fox just came out. She's still behind, apparently. <laughs> the you you guys have the mischief cat, don't you? Sure do. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Fun fact: I keep that one on my nightstand so that its eyes glows at night and it creeps my husband out. <laughs> Excellent. That's pretty good. Ten out of ten. But that that's one. Of, that's probably my favorite. Oh, well, plushie. Oh, that's adorable. Yeah, I, f- I figured she'd like that. That and uh, mini hogger. Is that is in my game? F- we have mini hogger. Is that shadow fox yes. in the game? Yeah, yes, that's in the game. It's a pl- it's a premium pet. Oh. Got to pay for it. It was for Red Cross. Uh, but you don't play the game, so I can't buy you pets in game. Nope. So. You need to come back, Anna. I apparently need to come back. She was so against coming back for so long, <laughs> and then they announced this experience change, and she's like, "Oh, well." Let me think about when I'm coming back. <laughs> yeah, when is it going live? It's 3.5 or 3. Point, 7. Sorry, point mess, three mess, five? No, seven, yeah, thank you. You said it right. Sorry, I can't number. Um and I I don't know if they're going to release the Allied races or not t- around that time too because a whole bunch of stuff is leaked with them. They um or a lot of that stuff is on the PTR, the quest to unlock all- allied races, and um, they've got unique sillies, and I don't know if they're going to have unique dances or not, too. That would um, be interesting. I, what, Kelly, when am yeah. I getting my dance studio? <laughs> I don't think we're ever going to get that. He can literally pull out his Burning Crusade box and point to the dance studio on it. I cannot. That, that I was uh, Witch King, actually. Was it? I yeah. thought it was Burning Crusade. It is no, on a box, a though. I know it yeah. is on a box. I have yeah. seen Chris pull out that box. It was when we were moving. Oh, okay. He pulled out the box and was like, look, look, my dad's studio. Do you want a Ganymede plush? Uh, Ganymede's the, the yellow bird that hangs out on the Overwatch robot? No, I don't no. play Overwatch. Oh, but, but he's adorable. Get it if you want Did it. you see the short with Ganymede yes, and the robot? Yes, he scares the birdie away. Yeah, and then it's the birdie sad. comes back. And this is that birdie. Yeah, no, I'm not that interested. Okay. Yeah, I couldn't help but be annoyed at whoever does Blizzard's email blast because they sent me an email this morning with like various merchandise and stuff, and they said that Pepe was from Overwatch. <laughs> um, no. And I was like, Wrong. yeah, who, Wrong. whoever did Whoever did that obviously did not proofread that because Pepe is not from Overwatch unless he's in the new Blizzardland map somewhere, which I don't oh, know. I have that would make sense. But I haven't played but Overwatch in a year. Yeah. So I don't know. I do know that when the Allied races come out, I want to make a Nightfall one because they get a cat mount. So finally a horde side with a cat. Horde side. Oh, is that the only yep. way to get it? Okay. Well, there, there's other ways now to get cat mounts, like the shadow pen tigers and stuff like that. But the fact that there's finally a horde that has a cat racial mount, that's just, okay, I've got to make one of these characters now. The the, the void elves get a really cool looking hawk strider that looks all voidy and shadowy and stuff that looks really cool too. Void elves. I mean, yeah, I'm, it's I'm a, so far removed it's from, a, it's from a Warcraft. Whole, <laughs> it's a thing from this expansion. There's void elves, and yeah, 
I, I don't know how many years, a decade I haven't played Warcraft. Basically, elves went to space and communed with the void and didn't let it consume them. So now they're void elves and they get all, they look like translucent voidy. Don't worry about it. They look really cool. I actually think th- those look cooler than the uh, Nightfallen elves on the Horde side. Can the void elves Horde be died. druids? Can I have like a void elf cat? You know, I am not sure. I don't think they've finalized all the uh, classes that these can be yet. Because that would be an interesting race change to do. Because, like, I know, I know that High Mountain Tauren are going to get to be monks, which seeing Moose Moose Tauren tumbling around and moose monk? doing kung fu. Oh goodness! Yeah. Moose monk. I wonder if that name's available. I bet someone's going to take it now. Monk Moose, Kung Fu Moose. <laughs> Maybe if you spell it like the dessert. <laughs> okay, but <just> saying. <laughs> Is, oh, isn't it spelled the same? No, it's M O U S S E. Nobody may think to take that one. I don't know what's going on anymore. <laughs> So, m- moving away from WoW, the other things that I've been playing is Disgaea D2. Um, I'm going to try and finish that up this weekend. I Disgaea is an interesting treadmill for me. I am more than leveled up enough to finish the game, but I keep getting sucked into character customization. And I think I have a problem. Womp womp. What? <laughs> I, I love character customization in Disgaea games. I love taking a character and just maxing him out and using him to completely break the game. And like, I I keep wanting to finish the story, but I'm having too much fun leveling characters that I don't want it to end. But then I don't really see the point in doing a whole lot of the post game stuff either. So I don't know. Help. I need somebody. (laughs) (laughs) but yeah I, 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 all kidding aside I do want to try to get that finished up this week just because I've you know with Christmas coming up I'm going to be pretty busy and not going to have a lot of time to play it and who knows what games are going to be under the tree from Santa this year and I don't know when we're going to record that RPG backtrack which is why I'm playing that game anyway so but I, I do recommend Disgaea D2. It's a nice sequel to the original Disgaea if you're a fan of that series at all. Sure am. I, lo- I want to like those games. I mean, I played the original Disgaea, and I'm just afraid they're too grindy for me as an adult. They are. They really are. They they're, get better they're fr- as you go further into the series. Yeah, further into the series, they kind of embrace the fact that People like to do what I do and love that just break the game wide open. So, like in the very in the very first Disgaea game, to make characters stronger, you had to pass Senate bills to make characters stronger. In Disgaea D two, you can just go to a menu and change the levels of the characters. Yeah, that's how much they've embraced the game breakiness of the game. 
Yeah, I remember in the original Disgaea, I got to this level and I just could not beat it. And I looked online and it's like, oh, well, you need a level 30 ninja to be able to do this level. And I'm like, ninja? I didn't even know there were ninjas in this game, you know? <laughs> yeah. I mean, the idea is that you, once you level up certain classes, then it unlocks more classes, which then unlocks more classes. And yeah. Mm hmm. But. The, the later games in the series are actually a lot more, believe it or not, are actually a lot more accessible and have a lot a lot more things you can do, but they also have more systems to exploit and break and stuff, so that's what I've always found fun about the Disgaea games is that you can I don't know how to put it you can, you can do very little and get ahead or you can do a lot to get ahead in yeah. that series. And it, it really kind of behooves you to play them on portable systems too, just because it's kind of fun to open up a open up your Vita, play a couple of maps, and then close it. Yeah, that's always better for strategy RPGs, yeah. at least for me. The the sucky thing is, is that Disgaea D two they never ported anywhere, which I find odd because all of them have. I agree. Aside from that game, I was waiting yeah. for it to get ported somewhere, and it never did. I don't think it did very well. It must not have. Yeah. I mean, so. NIS ports everything. They keep porting, you know, games from 10, 12 years ago that no one played. So I, <laughs> you would still think they'd port a Disgaea game to something else. Yeah, I mean, they love porting Idea Factory games, and no one likes those. <laughs> Except Anna. Burn. Burn. And then the last thing that I've been playing is Pokemon Sun, and... I gotta admit, this game has been kind of boring for me. Oh, really? The Sun well, Ultra Sun? Yeah, Ultra Sun. And after all that excitement, well, the beginning has dragged quite a bit because it hasn't really, it didn't really change all that much from regular Sun. And the other part, part of the problem is that my favorite thing about Pokemon is catching Pokemon. Well, I have a complete Pokedex. I have no reason to catch anything except for, like, the two Ultra Beasts that they've added. So what I ended up doing was porting over my entire living Pokedex to the game, breeding together a Dream Team, and putting that together to essentially mainline the main story to kind of get through the rest of the game. What's your Dream Team? Um... Actually, I need to look it up because I don't oh. remember. Oh, wait. I don't have my 3DS down here. Oh, wait. Yes, I do. It's in my pocket. <laughs> okay. Just randomly in your pocket. Let's see. My dream team. I have my Incineroar. Which that that was gonna stay in there no matter what, just because Litten is my new favorite Pokemon. Mm -hmm. And then a Prinplup. That's the penguin. Yeah, yeah. That 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 one hasn't evolved yet. And then uh, Nido Reno, which I'm gonna evolve into Nido King as soon as I, as soon as I get a Moonstone. And then Curlia. Uh, which I can't remember the na name of what that evolves into. 
I think Gardever is what that involves too. Oh, okay. Yeah. And a Jangmo-O, which is a fighting dragon type that's going to evolve into a huge dragon. And then a Pumpkaboo, which is a ghost grass type. Hey, Jesse has that on the show. And I can't remember what that evolves into either, but yeah, so fire, a fire dark type, a water steel type, a poison ground type, a psychic fairy, and then dragon fighting, and then ghost grass to kind of cover pretty much all the bases. And these weren't like IV or EV trained or anything like that. I just breeded them and wanted a team that I could teach a lot of moves to and just kind of get through the game that way. But I, I can I can honestly honestly say right now that if you've played through Sun or Moon recently, then you might do yourself a favor and kind of skip over this game unless you're like really really into Pokemon. Okay. Why is that? You don't think they've changed it enough? I I don't think that they've changed it enough, or whatever changes that they have are going to be at the end of the game. I thought they changed all the gyms and like the island story somewhat. No. 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 Uh, all of the uh, most of the island challenges have been pretty much the same. But ouch. bear in mind, I'm I haven't played it that much because I'm I'm only on the second island, and I think I'm doing the last trial there and then moving on. But it's just been kind of a slog because the I think all of the new stuff is going to be towards the end of the game. Okay. So. I mean, <laughs> I'm kind of annoyed that I got it right away thinking that it was going to be a direct sequel and instead it's more of a director's cut version of the game and that kind of an annoys me that they released this director's cut a year later instead of waiting or... I don't know. It, it, if this was like a Pokemon Stars, then it wouldn't bother me as much because, you know, the third version of the game is always just slightly different and I'm usually fine with that. Because they said this was Ultra Sun and Ultra Moon and wasn't very transparent about how, if it was going to be a sequel or if it was going to be a greatest hits, that's what bothers me about this game. And I don't know how many people agree with me or going to agree with me on that. Okay. Yeah, I, I, I think I don't know. I haven't played it. I think know. this. Sorry, I think this should have been a Pokemon Stars and just should have been a third version. Ah. But that—that's just me. Yeah. Whew. Well, that's what Kelly's been playing. And apparently that settles the question on whether or not you should bother with Pokemon Ultra, Anna. Or no. Are you still going to go for oh, it? Oh, yeah. I still want to play it. Oh, even though, even after all she said? Yeah. Okay. That leaves what? Uh, no, it doesn't leave. Uh, next up is uh, Josh with Zwei. 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 What, we'll what go the with the German heck? pronunciation. What German is it? for two. Oh, okay. Yeah. That, that was the joke. This was the second Zvi game, so it was 2-2. Two, two. Uh. <laughs> yeah. So I, I've been playing that. I finally finished it. It. I have to be careful in my praise of that game because that, that game is just like absolutely um, 
Like it was absolutely made for me. I am the I am the target demographic for that game, Falcom action RPG, and yeah, you know, like with really cute characters. So I adored it, but I'm not sure if it's going to be for everyone. You know, it's a 2008 PC game. It looks like a 2000. Well, it looks more like a PS1 game than anything else. And but the the I, I really enjoyed the way it finished up. I'm not totally sold on their experience. What I can't remember if I mentioned that last time. It's been whatever three or four weeks since I've been on, but. This game has, um, rather than just doing experience where you just defeat enemies and level up, um, in this one you get random drops of food from enemies. And then you, typically to kind of maximize your XP, you save up those bits of food, bundle them, ten together, and, and you take them to the restaurant in town, and then they give you the next level up of food which will give you way more experience. And then you uh, level up and get experience just by consuming food, which is kind of a bizarre way to do an experience system, Mm -hmm. especially to have it reliant upon random drops. And so, so you can kind of get, I kind of got stuck a couple times later in the game where like I was in the middle of one of these dungeons and I had to use some of my food just to survive but then I wasn't able to save it up and get the better food so that I could actually level up. And then I kind of ended up kind of ended up, you know, under leveled there for a bit and had to spend a couple extra hours grinding, which may not have been a problem. I mean, I mean, I'm, I'm not the greatest at action RPGs. So, you know, that's probably part of it, but all in all, it was a, it was a pretty good game. Don't, don't go in expecting like a modern ease game. It's, it's a quite a bit slower, but it's really cute. It's a good story, and I'm glad that I'm I'm glad they that Exceed actually decided to put this out. Kind of kind of a weird little bit of Falcom history. So after I finished that, I got a uh, I won a brand new graphics card. Oh, where'd you win it from? Ah, uh, some Newegg contest. Which good job. by the time they by by the time they uh, they sent it to me, I'd forgotten totally about the contest. <laughs> Okay. You know, you get this email. It's like, you know, it's been like two months later and I didn't remember what on earth it was. But hey, you know, free, free, free graphics card. Not going to complain too much. So I got a, you know, big, giant, beefy 1070 now. And I decided to play a full motion video game that doesn't use it at all. So <laughs> What's the card you got? Uh, 1070. Oh, good. That's what I've got. It's a nice card. Yeah. And what are you playing? I am playing. I played Late Shift. Of course. All right. Has, <laughs> yes, I've has, seen. I've seen Late Shift. <laughs> okay, uh, that's Tim, a fun little. Or? No, I've just watched uh, people do a playthrough of it, and I, I was like wondering how many other permutations there are in it because I figure there's a few. Yeah. See, I, I, I I've only played it once so far. I I did that instead of watching the video gaming awards the other night, and it's so it's it's full motion video game. Like I, I grew up with a lot of those, played a bunch on the back in the good old days of the Sega CD and the early days of having a CD-ROM drive on PC. And this one's just it's just, you know, a it's basically a movie and it's a an action heist. So you play as this um he is a night watchman at a uh 
parking lot, parking garage, a parking garage for really rich people. So yeah. there's Maseratis and BMWs. And a person breaks in to steal a car so that they can do an art heist. And the night watchman kind of gets dragged along in this art heist. And so the rest of the game is kind of like making decisions, deciding, do you want to go along with the art heist or do you want to try and find a way to try and find a way to uh, kind of foil the art heist so you can get out? This sounds like true garbage. <laughs> no, it's fun, Anna. It's, it's it's well shot. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Giant that, Bomb that did a playthrough. I, I've enjoyed Why what I've seen. Why didn't you show it to me? Because it was just a quick look, and I watched it at work one day, and, you know. Giant Bomb did an FMV game, and you didn't show it to me. I know. I have been betrayed. betrayed. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Josh, tell us more about this game. Make Anna more jealous. So, like, so it, what, what impressed me about it was, yeah, I, you remember the old FMV games where it was, CD quality and it was all grainy and every single time you'd get to a decision point everything would stop and then it, a lot of times it would kind of be jarring and you know mo most of the acting was kind of mediocre and this one it has it ha first off it looks like a it really does look like a at least a low budget movie or a TV show like the 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 video itself is really high quality they did a really good job of making all the decisions seamless so as you're going along and playing, every so often, uh, options will pop up on the bottom of the screen. You'll have two, sometimes even three options, and there's always a default, and then there's like a timing bar that kind of counts down, and you only have, you know, like 15 seconds maybe to kind of decide what you want to do, and once you make your decision, like there's no cut, there's no stoppage, it just like transitions just like you're watching the movie, and it was it's done really well. I mean, you know, like it's an action movie. So there's a couple of times where you kind of just have to forgive the leaps in logic. But <laughs> it, you, you know, like, like you would with a, any sort of normal action movie. But it was, you know, like I can't say I don't want to say too much about the story because that's kind of part of the point is watching it and seeing what happens. But it was a lot of fun. I want to go back and play it again because I kind of ended up with a bad ending where everyone was dead and the main character ended up uh, being pulled away to prison. So <laughs> hopefully next time I can do a little bit better, make different decisions. Was it a so, short game? Yeah, it was like, I mean, I play, it was only like an hour long for my playthrough and I got like 10 of the 13 chapters as, as far as I got. So it might, maybe it's like an hour and a half if you make the, correct decisions and make it to the end but it's not yeah it's not too long and it would probably be a better experience you know i was just playing it I, I picked it up on the steam sale for whatever it was like eight bucks it'd probably be a heck of a lot better if you're watching it with a bunch of people and playing it on a big screen tv and everyone yelling at you what to choose but it it was totally worth the eight bucks i think it's like 15 normally i played something similar it's the same. It's an FMV game where uh, of a man, uh, he wakes up um, handcuffed in a like a, a room in a in a warehouse or something or a, an abandoned factory maybe or something. And it's a, um, I think it's called Missing. And the game is about him trying to escape. So somebody, I guess, kidnapped him, chained him up, and then there's all these uh, traps around and for him trying to like leave the 
the location, the booby traps and uh, locked doors that he has to figure out a puzzle for. And it's the same style as what you're describing. So you make a decision and it just, the movie just keeps playing probably about an hour long too. Yeah. So it's just straight movie. It doesn't have puzzle. puzzle no, it did. It had a, a couple of puzzles too, where the, yeah. So that's where the movie stops. And then you just, you know, uh, pointer mouse pointer on the screen, click on things and, Solve the puzzle. Oh, so kind of like seventh guest or eleventh hour back in the day. Yeah, but but um, full on FMV instead of just like characters inserted into the world. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, they had limitations back then. <laughs> okay. So after I finished that, I've been trying to kind of work through a couple of couple of games for like. Trying to get a breadth of games for Game of the Year and and play some of the backlog. So I put like seven or eight hours into Horizon Zero Dawn. And yeah, I still haven't decided what I think about that yet. Um, Oh, really? Like, well, no, I mean, it's it's gorgeous. Like, it is probably the most beautiful game I've seen this year. And the art design on the mechanical, whatever you call those things, mechanical dinosaurs, mechanical animals, is really neat. It's just like... We call them dinobots, actually. Dinobots? Yeah. Is that what they're called? Okay. Dinosaurs. Yeah. Dinosaurs. <laughs> the only part about it I'm not sure about is the combat. I, like It just hasn't quite clicked with me. And it feels like I need to be more stealthy, and I'm just bad at being stealthy. I, every single time I'm trying to sneak up on one of the the dino bots or one of the some of the bad guys, I end up getting caught by, you know, they end up someone ends up seeing me. They come chasing at me, you know, like ram me from the side where I didn't even see them, and then it becomes a mess when you're trying to like do melee combat. Melee combat is not that game's strong suit, it or at least it doesn't seem so. Yeah, the the creatures are designed um, in a way where it encourages you to to scan them and find their weak spot and put together a strategy, and then it all ends the same way, which is just dodging for your life while you swipe, you know, hope to get a, a hit in every time you sideswipe somebody. Yeah, that that's kind of what I've started doing. Like, there've just been a couple of times where I wish that the camera wasn't quite zoomed in as much as it is. Like, there there's just when you get into a melee combat and there's like, I forget, I just did one of the missions where there was where you were taking down like this big enemy base and there were some of the dinosaurs, but there were also all kinds of humans shooting arrows at you. And there's just so much going on. I couldn't keep track of like, oh, you know, like I was trying to shoot one person in front of me and then I'm getting killed by someone who's behind me, you know, coming up and hitting me. So... I, I like the game. I want to love it. I, I hope, you know, like hopefully I have time to kind of make it through and finish it. So far, so far, turning it down to turning the difficulty down to easy has kind of worked for getting keeping progress going. So that's that, that's been hard. That nobody nobody will love that game as much as I loved it. <laughs> I've come to grips with it. I'm OK with it. Well, there are plenty of people who love that game, but it's just, you know. I'm not, not like not, I love it. <laughs> yeah, I'm just not necessarily the best at action RPGs. Like the the everything else but the melee combat is pretty pretty just stunning in that game. It really is. 
especially it's so nice to see Gorilla actually making, you know, or, or even anybody making new IP and not just churning out a sequel to, you know, uh, churning out yet another sequel, shooter sequel. Uh, so after, uh, oh yeah, like one last thing I've been playing is uh, Demon Gaze 2. And I can't remember if this, if Demon Gaze 1 was the, I was trying to remember if that was the game that Anna got so frustrated yep, with and wanted to throw sure the Vita. Was. <sighs> I thought that was. I what 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 was frustrating you so much about the first one? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> that 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 good, huh? <laughs> she didn't um what was hard? You were dying on enemies. You had trouble finding where you're supposed to go. Yeah, I mean, it was just kind of all of it. Wow. Okay, so I'm more, like, I was, that's what I remembered you talking about. Like, that. I have that game, but it's sitting on my shelf unopened over there. I never played it. Because playing this, it it's been really easy so far. And I, I went into, you know, Are you playing- first person... The first one or the second one? Second one. Okay. And, uh, yes, I don't know if they've, like, tuned it back. I'm just playing it on the, whatever the default difficulty was. And, like, I haven't had any problems going through it. Oh, and there was no easy difficult in the first one. Ooh. Yeah, see, this one has, like, four different difficulties, and it lets you just choose between them during the game. So maybe they took feedback from the first one. Yeah, but, like it. but it is a um, an abs the starting out this game. I mean, it was just crazy how much dialogue there was. Like in the first four hours, there was maybe like twenty minutes of gameplay, and it was just text and text and text and text and text. Yeah, I thought the first it was, game uh, was yeah. like that too. Oh, good lord! There was so much to read. Thank. Thank goodness there was at least halfway decent voice acting to 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 you know to provide some relief from all of that, and it also has to be just the tropiest game I have played in quite a while. <laughs> so you so you start out you you have the main character he has amnesia. Oh, good. he gets a yeah you know never never seen that before in a game. He gets a magic power. He has. The, the other characters around him are, are childhood friends. You get a, uh, a younger character who becomes a party member who loves you and keeps calling you big brother. <laughs> uh huh. And just on and on and on like that. Like, uh, and it's also like in terms of I'm playing this on PS4 and boy, does it really, it, it does not look like a PS4 game. It looks like a Vita game. Like the, the dungeons themselves. Well, the dungeons themselves, it looks like they had one texture for the floor. They made the walls look one way. They have doors and that's it. They just cut and paste to make the dungeon. <laughs> so there's no, there's absolutely no visual flourishes whatsoever. Like you get to a place where, you know, like you play Air Train Odyssey, you get to the end of a floor and, you know, there'll be a staircase or a uh, an elevator, something like that drawn out. You get to the end of a floor in this game and it's just a circle floating in the air with an up arrow in it. 
Yeah. <laughs> Why do any yeah, special can... art? Just, you know, that's good enough. <laughs> Same thing for, like, there's random encounters, but there's also enemies that you, that will just be in the dungeons. Same thing. That No, we didn't bother putting out any sort of art to signify the enemies. No, we just have a circle with a skull and crossbones in it. <laughs> there you go. Who needs art? That's that's takes time to make those assets. This is faster. Yeah. But like the the story is okay so far. Like it it's very anime. You're fighting some evil lord who is uh who is brainwashing all of the people in this city and you are having to dive into dungeons to destroy these crystals that he's using to uh, brain that that in some way brainwash these people and then by doing that then your the other main characters have these uh they put on these radio performances to try and get people to fight for the resistance so oh is that like a know. visual novel section oh yeah ah. <laughs> but that that stuff is it it's done fairly well. Like I said, the voice acting is good. That kind of helps helps that stuff pass by. And you know, I, I've played I've certainly played much worse games than this. But that that's pretty much all I've been playing. That works. Pascal, what you been up to, man? Um, I just wanted to say it's the uh, the coveted RP gamer. I've played much worse than this stamp. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we're we're handing those out at E3 this year. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody wants one. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been playing a few things, but wait. Hey, Anna. Yes. Anna, did you finish uh, Rampa? <laughs> wow. Bad? I loved the ending. Really? I did. The game twisted me in so many ways. I hate him and I love him and I hate him and I'm very angry at him and I can't be because he's dead. Whoa, spoilers. What are you spoiling? Not spoiler at all. Even I'm not sure who it's repeating for. (laughs) But it's been a few. It's been a few weeks already. Um, I would have to really think think back. I didn't care for the ending, but um, I did love the game. It's my favorite. I mean, I didn't want to get into a big tangent on it, but I've been just curious what you thought. He's dead, and I can't be mad at him because yeah, he's dead. Okay. So angry at him. So and it's not apart from fair. that. It really isn't. Um, I finished a, uh, another game I've been trying to finish forever, XCOM 2. Did you squish all that the aliens? That game. Hmm? Did you squish all the aliens? Um, yeah, I guess so. But, boy, that game is difficult. It is so hard. I restarted it, the campaign three separate times. And I think I probably put like between five and ten hours into each attempt. And then finally, I just said, um, well, with the last one, I had the benefit with my third was the third or, or fourth go at it. I had a benefit of knowing um, what type of research to prioritize or what 
what to do and not to do early on in the game because I, I think I, I just played myself into a like an unwinnable state in each of the previous attempts. It's basically it's um, it's like trying to play a Final Fantasy game and then uh, at, at, stuck at critical health. So if your if your health was reduced to like a tenth of what your maximum is, and then the game says, "Here you go, now play the game," like that. So death is is at your is at your heels every step of the way, the entire way through. That's what XCOM Two feels like. So were you and, playing on Iron Man? No. <laughs> it's the only reason I finally I finally got through. Um, I can I had to to ditch my rule of never reload a save, because by the time I started the the campaign for the the third time or the fourth time I, you know I just I wasn't going to start it again after that. So <laughs> I let some things go and let some uh, some uh, party members die and pass away. You know, fair is fair. But uh, at certain times, it, when it was just, you know, once I had lost two or three squad mates, like in a row in one mission, there were some times when I said, okay, time to reload the last save and I'm going to cheat the system a little bit. Otherwise, I, there's no way I would have won ever. There's a zombie expansion for XCOM. No, this is XCOM 2 with War of the Chosen. There's a zombie expansion for XCOM 2. Sure. There's zombies in XCOM 2, more or less. <sighs> mm-hmm. I didn't play any of the expansions, just the base game. Oh, okay. Oh, that's good. I, I modded the heck out of the base game to make it easier. That's right. I remember you saying that now. I uh, My, my uh, doomsday bar uh, was so long that it wrapped. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> what? Yeah. Yeah, that uh, bar is what I'm talking about. That it was yep. for me. It was constantly. What is the maximum squares it has? Ten, maybe. I, I don't know anymore. <laughs> oh, I had like even... twenty or thirty. <laughs> you never saw the original bar, probably. I did, and then I said, "Oh, I ain't doing this crap." And then I changed I think... it, and I upped my experience gain too, and it was like way better. I think it's about ten squares uh, before it's basically game over, and mine was uh, at seven or higher. Um, probably three fourths of the game, and most of the time when it wasn't was that first the first few hours of the game when it's just getting started. Yeah, so what nothing... what you would do is um what I what you could start with if you don't want to go crazy like me is just something that doubles the amount the bar goes down when you do something that makes the bar go down, and that'll help a lot. I don't well I played on console so I don't think any of that. Oh would have been well, never mind then. All right. Yeah, he he's PC Mastery, so he can cheat the crap yeah. out of it. <laughs> Mastery, so for? you can get it easier. That's right. It was still good, but um, oh boy, the load times and the slowdown are something I've never seen on the PS4, and probably seen only very rarely on any console. The way that um, in later missions, like the last few, I would even say, where there's just a lot of um, enemies in in the mission and Tons of, you know, uh, shots flying through the air left and right. Um, the the slowdown was so incredible that it, like, I only saw, like, every, I don't know, hundredth frame or so. It would just, like, it would be like a slideshow running through the, the battle in some turns. And that's on, yeah, a, I... on a PS4, and it isn't exactly, a like, a graphically demanding game. Yeah, the ports on PS3 for the, uh, the first XCOM were awful. And in fact, at one point, like it crap, 
it, I, I mean, it crashed so hard that like I couldn't even turn off it, turn it off with the power. And then it corrupted my hard drive. Oh my God. So yeah. <laughs> so th they're not the best at console ports. Yeah, so I, I don't I've not seen what how the PC uh, version runs, but um, it was a very fun game. But oh boy, you you it really seemed like it was pushing the the PS4 to its limits, and that's not so good. I mean, I ran Horizon Zero Dawn on. Did we lose Pascal? No, he's saying. He also he runs Horizon Zero Dawn and it's able to handle that just fine. Oh, and okay. the answer is they just didn't do a good job programming the game. Mm. Yeah. So I finished that. I'm very happy about that. Um, I played. Um, so you're you're talking about your FMV game. Reminded me, I also played something on uh, called. Oh, what is it called? It's for the PS. What is it? PS Play or something? Um, Hidden Agenda. That's what it is. Anybody heard of that? No. That's one of those where you can control with a cell phone. Right? Yeah, you use your phone to control your the console game, and yeah. it's um it's by the same people that did um Until Dawn. Oh, is this the Jackbox competitor? No, this is a serious game. Oh, okay. This is a uh, oh, I think I know what you mean. No, that yeah, there's it's it's part of the same like lineup that PlayStation is doing where with these party games, right? Um, but this one is a like a crime thriller murder mystery where you're a detective and you're catching a, a serial killer. Oh, that um, sounds interesting. It, well, it is, but um, I mean, I, you got to compare. I, I feel like I have to compare it to Until Dawn since it's, you know, the, a similar. Well, it's the same uh, studio and then it's kind of like the same idea of you make choices and you, you watch the story play out. Um, and I think Until Dawn was uh, just a lot more fun. So this know, is that's probably. I mean, this is that FMV thing where everyone's playing it and they all vote on what to do. Yeah, it's, except it is an FMV. It's it is animated, but like very, it's it's very well done. Just like Until Dawn, where the the character models do look good, um, and you can play it on your own, or you, the way that I played it was with uh, four other people, and then everybody uses their cell phone. And uh, you have to vote on what to do to make can't the story have go ties. on. So, yeah, but then they have little extra things. When you play with a group, um, it's possible for one person to take over and make the vote for the group. And um, if you play in competitive mode, the game actually assigns uh, each player a hidden – That's and there here goes the title – a hidden agenda. Oh. So, so for example, this isn't necessarily from the game, but – um, out of five people, one person's phone might tell them, make sure that the witness is uncooperative or, you know, something like that. So when you're making these choices, one person may actually be voting with a, with an ulterior motive in mind. Oh, that's fascinating. It's it's dark, uh, like dark darkness over Camelot. Sort of this style. sounds like a great concept. Is it awesome? Yeah, it's a it's a really cool idea. Um, I think it, it it's not carried out perfectly. So where... Um, it's very easy to to start noticing who the player is that's trying to you know uh, throw a wrench into the into the works, um, and it's also easy to keep them from doing it because like um, if you, for basically if anybody uh, takes over the decision from the group, you know that they have uh, 
you know, that, that they need a certain decision to go one way. And then you can just override them. If you have, it's a certain item that you get in the game, like a, I, I don't recall, like a card or something that's, uh, it's a consumable that's stored on your phone, basically. And when you click on it, it lets you override any decision. But then another player can wait till after you've clicked yours and they can then override your decision. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. And so you could potentially have each player override the previous person's override before the final decision gets carried out. So I think stuff like that isn't exactly perfect, um, but it is a good idea. And I think it could, like in a, in a second game, um, could be worked out to be just like a ton of fun with a lot of people. So as it is now, it's it's a neat idea, but in the end, it's it just kind of is it's a means to an end for watching the story. And there's multiple endings. We we uh, we got a bad ending, where um, <laughs> we didn't catch the killer. We don't know who the killer is, um, and we died <laughs> at the end. So there's that. <laughs> so it's the same idea as one of those FMV games. Um, and then I've been playing a little bit more Monster Hunter stories. And that's that's an old conversation at this point, so there's not a whole lot to say. It should it should tell you something that I'm almost 20 hours in and I'm just now finally feeling like I understand how combat works. In Monster Hunter stories? Mm-hmm. Which is just rock, paper, scissors, dude. Well, I, I okay. <laughs> Fine. I understood that part of it. Maybe it's maybe understand isn't the right word. I just I don't know. I just didn't it didn't click with me. I didn't like it. And I still don't truly like it. But I think I'm at the point now where I'm able to, I don't know, get through battles successfully and just kind of work the game. I don't know uh, exactly what it is about it. You know, I I picked it up because I thought it was going to be the Monster Hunter game for non Monster Hunter fans. And I don't think it is that. Mm. I think it's it's still too Monster Hunter for my taste in the end. Which is not such a great thing for me. Okay. Yeah. And then I played a, um, the last thing I, I, I really played was um, a couple of uh, Lost Phone games, which I guess is like what to call the subgenre, which are just super uh, voyeuristic games that you can play on your phone or like another handheld or your laptop and basically you it it emulates you finding somebody's uh cell phone or uh, that they lost or placed somewhere and you have to dig into their emails and text messages and and read all about this person's private life to find out what happened to them so i guess it's a it's a text game more than anything those are just some <laughs> random like oddities I've been playing. Kind of, kind of interesting, but super snoopy too. Okay, that's about it for me. Sorry, I'm still watching this this hidden agenda stuff. This is fascinating. Well, that's that's <laughs> captured your interest, huh? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I ordered it the day it came out on uh, Amazon, or I pre-ordered it like a day or two early, and it was only twenty dollars. Um, and that's like the actual price at release or or just the actual price period. So it's very affordable and um, it's perfect for if you already have people coming over. Just it's uh, down to th oh, 13.38 on Prime. Yeah. Mm. And it takes about, um, I'd say about three to four hours maybe. So it's like it's an evening with, with people. Order some pizzas and 
basically watch a, a you know, Anna, a murder this is, mystery. Anna, this is your kind of game. It is. Yeah. Yep, totally. Well, play it. I'd be interested to, to hear like what your take on it is. I thought it was a good idea. Maybe better in a sequel, though. But that's it. And I mean, I really liked um, Until Dawn, so I'm kind of happy that this this uh, developer is making some really neat, like, um, adventure type interactive movie games. I mean, it, these guys always remind me of, like, the David Cage stuff. Mm-hmm. But I don't know if they're really kind of the same. Because I didn't play Until Dawn. I don't know if that was all motion controls or not. Um motion controls you know quick time events but oh and you're not saying anything now and so i feel uncomfortable i'm just gonna stop i'm trying to remember okay (laughs) i I think it's possible there might have been some but i think it was more decision based like the way josh said it'll be a uh, an icon on the left side of the screen that says you know hit him in the face and an icon on the right side that says run for your life i don't remember if there were quick time events but there there very well may have been a few Oh my gosh, it's $12 on Best Buy. Alright. Is that is that it? I think that's it. I'm sorry, was, was that not enough? Whew. No, I, we've been going for a while with Let's Playing, so yeah. I'm just like, oh, we're done? Alright, let's do this. What are we doing now? We have news. Anna? First off, we have details for the Monster Hunter World Beta. That starts today, folks. Uh, it's December, going right now. It's going right now. 9 a.m. Pacific slash 5 p.m. GMT slash 6 p.m. CET on December 9th through 8.59 a.m. Pacific, 4.59 p.m. GMT, 5.59 p.m. CET, basically the same time on December 12th, which December 12th is what, Monday? No, Tuesday. So through Tuesday. Um, you can, you can download it now. It's like six gigs and, uh, yeah, there's three quests. There's a multiplayer. Go try it out. If you're interested in the monster hunter world, Whew. Josh, uh, the first Zvi game is coming out. Do you want the yep. first Zvi game? Okay. So this XC did kind of a weird thing. You know, they, they just released Zvi. I believe they called it the Ilvard Insurrection. Mm-hmm. But that game was actually the second Zvi game that Falcom made in like 2008. The first Zvi game was made on, it was a PC game back in like 2001. No, it was a, I thought it was a PSP game. It was well, they ported all. it to PC, <laughs> PSP later. Gotcha. It's Falcom. They always port everything to something else later. Gotcha. <laughs> so it, this one, uh, the Zvi 2 was, um, I think it was like the second game that Falcom did that was completely polygonal. And this one was kind of like an early, a much earlier kind of 2d dungeon, you know, like sprites on 2d dungeons. So I kind of weird, especially since it, it, it it's a really, weird really decision. old. <laughs> it does. You know, Falcom games always kind of look like five years at least you know, kind of behind the times in graphics. But yeah, this one looks really old. And it's kind of weird because the the two main characters from the first game, they they were in the second game. So it's kind of a... But was kind there of a cat odd... in your party in the second game? Yeah, 
Oh, there's okay. cats. All right. You you get pets in both games. Oh, okay. Good. So you can have a little dog, or a, you can have a dog or a cat, or you can have a bird that flies around and drops bombs on enemies. The bird's pretty cool. <laughs> so that it it it's weird that they're kind of releasing them out of order. I kind of wonder if they released them this way because this one looks even more ancient, and maybe they didn't want to. You know, they they wanted to put out the better looking one first and not have people kind of look at this one, go meh, and then uh, ignore the second one. <laughs> if I'm remembering correctly, weren't a bunch of the Legend of Heroes games on the PSP released out of order too? Um, <sighs> they weren't released out of order, but um, they were localized by a different company. Okay. They they were actually developed by a, the the PSP ports of the Gargev trilogy. Is that what you're talking about? Like those were those were actually ports that were done by like I think it was Namco did those. Yeah. In the early days of the PSP. So Falcom didn't really have anything to do with them. Okay. Yeah, there's another um there's like a a either a tits or cold steel port. Of something that's also done by a separate company. Either I was a PC talking or a Vita, and so people I, keep asking for it, and they're like, "Yeah, we have nothing to do with that, and can do nothing about it." Yeah, I was talking about like the first three Legend of Heroes games. Yeah, before, yeah, uh, tr- yeah. Before Trails <clears throat> of the Sky and Trails of Cold Steel came out. Yeah, those were Namco Bandai. Okay. And it shows. <laughs> yeah, they were not great ports. <laughs> you guys. <sighs> Namco Bandai wasn't that solid back. There was a period where Namco Bandai wasn't entirely solid. Fair enough. They've gotten better. Mm-hmm. Alrighty. So what are we... um? Well, alright. What's next? Fallen Legion is coming to PC. And PS4. That's what I was looking for. Yummy tum- Yummy Yummy Tummy is the name of the developer. And they're putting out uh, Fallen Legion for Steam on January 5th. And, um... Okay. Alright, Fallen Legion is a game that had a ver- separate version on PS4 and Vita. Yeah. So, and so now the Vita version is coming to PS4. And both versions are coming to PC. Yeah. Vita version is coming to PS4 on December 12th. The both versions are coming to PC on January 5th. So there you go. And I don't know if there's any good. Let's see. We have a review, though. Three out of five. Okay. <laughs> I don't know which version that was. of. Oh, it was both. <laughs> okay. He reviewed both in one review. Interesting. So there you go. Is that like um, opposite sides games. of the same yeah. story or something like yeah. that? Yeah. Like a war story from two different perspectives. Yep. And mm-hmm. it crosses, some of the characters cross over at certain points, I believe. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, Pascal, here, here you go. Here's a Dark Souls style game for you. Called Sinner Sacrifice. Oh, Sac- am I the one? Yeah. It's called Sinner Sacrifice. Um, <laughs> it's from developer Darkstar. And uh, yeah, it's... It's about some you you're a character who did something really bad in life and you're being punished and you have to sacrifice yourself to redeem yourself and I don't really understand. Things are happening. There's a trailer. Go check it out. Um more to come, 
I'm sure. It's so different from normal Dark Souls because their narrative is usually really um like see like very easy to understand. Oh yeah, uh huh. It's very very straightforward. Very transparent. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, Omega Quintet is coming to PC. Anna played this for a while on PS4. Found out she was getting the bad ending, and then said, "Screw it, I'm not finishing this." Well, I'm basically, <laughs> I'm basically at the end. I mean, there's not much more that I could do other than basically finish the game. Yeah, and I'm like, well, why don't you at least finish it and then eh, rock through a new game plus? Because it's like three or four hours of doing something that I'm not super interested in doing. All right. Well, the, um, I'm yeah. good. I'm the pop stars or whatever. Yeah, this is the pop stars need mm-hmm. to sing to defeat evil beasts that are destroying it, everything. I don't is know. it worth playing, though? Yeah. Like, okay, so if you have with a guide. It, with it. a guide, apparently. Yes, so you do it right. With a guide. Yeah, yes, so you do the right guide. thing. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, you get a really bad ending. Well, I'm okay with a bad ending, then. Okay. If you is there a new game plus that makes it easy to get the good ending, Anna? Huh? Is there a new game plus that makes it easy to get the good ending? No, you still have to time things correctly. Oh, and it's hard to time it all. You just need to know to do it. Well, how do you how are you supposed to figure that out? Guide. No, without the guide. How are you supposed to figure it out? Guide. guide. <laughs> Omega I Qu- believe this not liking my answer doesn't mean it's incorrect. This is what they make YouTube for. <laughs> Omega Quintet coming to Steam on December fifteenth. Coming to I'm Game about Back, twenty so minutes of this like a year ago. And yeah, it's just no, sitting I mean, on my hard drive a, now. It's a cool game, but play. I it may with have a guy. to. I may have to play this so that Anna can see the real ending. I could just. YouTube. And then will you tell me? No. You're, you're going to have to do it yourself. You're going to look at a guide? You're going to have to look up a guide. I'm not writing a guide for you, so you don't have to read a guide. Just tell me. <laughs> the ending? You just want me to no. read it to you? What to do? What to do? That's you... the same as reading the guide. <laughs> YouTube is your friend. Just watch it on YouTube. I'll just do, yeah, I'll just watch the game on YouTube. Uh, Secret of Mana <laughs> is getting a limited PS4 physical release in North America. And it is GameStop slash EB Games exclusive. All right. Those who pre-order the physical edition will receive the same Moogle and Tiger costumes as those who pre-order the digital version. And uh, the other versions for Vita and PC will be digital only. So only the PS4 is getting a physical release. And I don't really understand what's special about a physical release but uh, apparently people like that i saw a bunch of people on twitter being like no no physical no purchase and i'm like guys you're not you're part of the problem you're not helping i hope it's just a code in a box it's my code in the box (laughs) sorry what that being said, I hope it's not a code in the box because I pre-ordered it. Ah, all right. <laughs> it was also included on the um, SNES Classic, wasn't it? Yeah, but yeah. it's a different... This is a remake. It's Yeah, this is a 3D remake. Oh, okay. And from what I can tell, it's still available on GameStop.com, which I'm surprised it hadn't sold out at all. It's almost so. like the people who said no physical, no buy have absolutely no real interest in purchasing this. I think you got it, Anna. She's dealt with this before. Dragon Crown has got uh, their pro release coming, like the PS4 version of Dragon Crown. Um, it got delayed. So it's going to be spring 2018. It was going to come out this past week, but nope, apparently not. And uh, there's a... I don't know, we've got the old trailer up just in case you forgot. 
what the artwork looks like. And you can see that lady's hips sliding off the side of her body and try and understand what this is. Yeah. Anyway. Um, Full Metal Furies. Rages in January. So Cellar Door Games, they're the developer who made Rogue Legacy, which is a cool cool game. Um, it's a roguelike that you keep leveling up and you have kids and they have different disabilities and stuff and it affects your <laughs> gameplay. It's great. Um, that they, game was so addicting. <laughs> they have, uh, that was... Yeah? Sorry. No, That go was ahead. the only game in my adult life where I've ever snuck out of bed as a grown-up <laughs> and... <laughs> And went to the living room on a work night and quietly turned on the console to play for another hour. (laughs) I've done this before. Did you get grounded? No. No, I didn't get caught, but it was so good. And if I had been grounded, it would have just been more Rogue Legacy time. (laughs) What if they take your console away? Uh... I'm I'm a grown person. You can't do that to me. Yeah, that doesn't affect an angry spouse at all. Just saying. All right. Uh, Cellar Door Games, the developer responsible for Rogue Legacy, has announced the release date for its next game, Full Metal Furies. It'll be out on Xbox One and PC on January 17th. They put out a trailer. It is a co-op action RPG type game where you get to play as different characters if you're playing on your own you just get to cycle through to get their different abilities if you're playing co-op obviously each person has different abilities and you're running around smacking things and collecting treasure and and stuff like that and so a little different sort of game than the first one let's go check out the trailer see if you're into that um lost fear has a demo out lost fear is this is uh the next game from the people who made i am setsuna and they've got a demo on the switch and the ps4 mm-hmm and on PC. And, and on PC. Ooh. Okay. So you could try the demo out on any of those platforms and see if this one puts you to sleep. I mean, if if you if this <laughs> one catches your interest. Um, yeah, so so I played it on PC. What and, the demo? You know, kind of had okay. to do Yeah, the demo, yeah. I had to well, I had to do something with that graphics card other than an FMV game. <laughs> so uh, like I avoided I am Setsuna because everything about it looked just like a big pile of meh. You know, like nothing bad, but nothing particularly stood out about it. Yeah. And uh, pretty much nothing in this demo changed my opinion of this one being the same. Oh, no. Like, like, and I don't know how much of that is just, you know, RPG demos are always hard to do because they'll, they'll, you know, like this is another one where they toss you in. You're like level 18. You don't have any. Do you lose your memory? Uh, Not as far as I know. Hopefully you've gotten your memory back by this point. I don't know. But apparently the hook is like I hadn't I hadn't even paid that much attention to it, but apparently the hook is like you're collecting memories to um uh to kind of rebuild parts of the world that have kind of disappeared. So you're going around the 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 world so map Bastion? Just, yeah. So you're going around the world map and there's just these big giant blobs of white and you have to take memories to a certain point and kind of build this lighthouse like thing. And then it makes all the white area disappear. It's kind of an odd setup. Or or is this more like legend of mana? Hmm. Yeah. It sounds like to me, but you know, the combat was okay. Like be a setup to a good story. Yeah. 
I mean, who knows? You know, it's one of those things that, you know, it's a demo, so who knows? You get tossed in the middle. It's always hard to tell. The combat was okay. It, it had one of those things where when you're playing the regular enemies, like I was just wrecking them, they were able to do like one or two hit points damage when they would hit you. And then I finally got to the boss at the end, and the boss just totally wrecked me the first time through. It was doing like 50 or 100 points damage. It would just, just totally wrecked my party in like three hits. And I, I was able to beat it the second time through because I was actually kind of started using all the extra skills. But, I mean, it wasn't, I, I don't know. It was okay. <laughs> now, I need to know, did the music have more than one instrument in it? <laughs> oh, oh, man, when I booted it up, like, it just, the, the first song that plays when you boot it up is just all piano and I was like oh my oh god. god it's gonna be all piano again but well yeah once you get into the game yes they have more than just piano this time oh thank god <laughs> what's the release date uh January 23rd January, yeah mm -hmm. yep Lost Sphere you heard it here first from Tokyo more than Math one Factory. instrument <laughs> Go check out the demo. See if it's uh, see if it's meh for you. Nine partridges, nine partridges, nine part, nine partridges, nine parchments is out for Switch and PC. Uh, that is the game. It is from the people who made like uh, uh, starts with a T. Tryon, Trill, Try, Trillabyte. Um, that's the game where you switch between three different people. Trine. Trine. People made Trine. They've made nine partridges now, which is nine partridges. I can't say anything. The people made Trine, Frozen Bite, have made nine parchments, which is a four-player co-op action game up to four people locally. Uh, is it online, too? I don't know. Probably. And you uh, you can play together and combine magic and, and hit each other with your magic and just troll your wife like I did at PAX and, and all sorts of fun stuff. Uh, and see if you like it. There's a trailer now. Anyone interested in this? Wait, you trolled everybody's wife at PAX? I trolled my wife. Oh, okay. Not everybody's wife. <laughs> she is my wife. That's what, that is what you said. I just... Listen. I might have I'm just, killed I'm just him clarifying. once or twice at PAX, but yeah, she I then did. resurrected him. So, you know, it got better. <laughs> it got better. Le Grand Legacy has a date. Uh, PC... And on Steam, January 24, 2018. They've also got dates coming for PS4, Xbox One, and Switch, but not announced yet. The Grand Legacy is a Kickstarter game. You're a, it's turn-based combat. It starts a former gladiator, Finn, who gets some sort of demonic power and has to beat up everybody and win. So you can watch the trailer, see what's going on with that. And uh, then we have Romancing Saga 2. Romancing romancing saga 2 uh, if you remember a re uh, so this was an old nes game then got a remake for ios and android in 2016 and i remember uh wheels really liked it right yeah mac and i had like a mini victory party on twitter over this oh why is that if you did because we were both happy that it's getting a port to a non-mobile device because I, it was really hard to play on mobile because you're you're doing that virtual D-pad stuff, and it was really hard to control. Kelly, so I'm glad you will have your pick of what to play this on. It's coming to PS4, Vita, Switch, 
Xbox One and Windows 10 on December 15th. Woo! Yay! Um, so there you go. <laughs> the game features Wait. new character classes, four original dungeons, and a new game plus. And you can use a controller now, which you might have been able to do before. But You could, but um, I like had to kind of daisy chain a USB adapter and a controller in order to play it on my tablet, and that was just too cumbersome. Oh, you need a Bluetooth so controller. Yeah. I'd rather just play it on the Switch, which now I can, so okay. victory. I think we already have this on iOS, Anna. We do? Yeah. Um, but whatever. It's fine. It's fine now. We saw we saga fans, we are few but devoted. Oh really? So you th- you feel like this is connected to the other games? No. Oh. No, no, it's not. I'm just saying that saga fans are you don't hear about them very often, but the few that you do are very devoted and happy. Okay. Romancing Saga 2. Yeah, we have it right here, Anna. They haven't patched it much. They put out version 1 and then version 101. And then that's it. They haven't touched it in a year. I guess so there, there can't be any relation between those and Saga Frontier, can yeah, there? No, there are. There are. Oh, I okay. mean, not, sto- not necessarily spelling. story. Not necessarily story related, but it's in the same series. How how okay. do I say that? Saga. Saga. Yes. Yeah? Is that? No? Mm. Um, the saga series was actually birthed out of the original Final Fantasy 2 and that the developer for that made Final Fantasy 2 really weird and unconventional and Square was like okay you just go off and make your own series and we'll make Final Fantasy how we want it and that's why the saga series has always been so weird yeah I think I have all the PS1 and PS2 saga games, and I haven't been able to get anywhere on any of them. Um, the, the thing about saga games that people don't realize is they take a more Western approach to doing the game, and that you're not given a linear path, that they just kind of plunk you into the world, and you've got to figure out all the side quests and all of the story stuff on your own. And they're very hard to play without a guide. Oh, good. It's like Omega Quintet. <laughs> well, yeah. that, that might explain it because I refuse to read a guide back even now. But I wonder maybe like as an adult if I have but, an easier time with it. As but a you don't teenager. mind having an audiobook version of the guide apparently. So as long as I narrate it to you, you're cool with it? You, I, I didn't mean for you just to read me the guide. <laughs> well, That's by that, essentially like... what I'm doing though. <laughs> I have to paraphrase well, you it for you. You aren't doing it. I think that's clear. And so... <laughs> I know not to ask that question again. <laughs> Read me the guide. <laughs> I mean, I, before I started RPG Cast, I played through all of Saga Frontier on the PS1. And once I got into it, I was like, okay, I can see why people kind of get turned off by this because of how obtuse everything is. But I had so much fun playing through all of Saga Frontier and playing through all the different character scenarios and, you know, seeing who you could recruit and how it related to characters and this story versus that story. So it's a very deep and unique series, but it's not for everyone. Okay. You know what's for everyone? 
the 21st edition of the Indie Update. That's right. We've got the Indie Update. Woo! Yay! Yay! All right. We got a first look at a demo of uh, 8-Bit Adventures 2, so you can check that out. We got the trailer up there. Uh, the demo's on Steam and Games and uh, the game's website, Critical Games is the developer. So you can check that out for 8-Bit Adventures 2. I don't know anything about the first one. If it was any good or not, I'm sorry. Uh, we have Shot, the Witch of and the Fake Shadow. Shot? Shate? If I, I don't know how to say her name. Uh, this is a, a Japanese indie, uh, Dicey Craft. They put out uh, their action RPG, Shot, the Witch, and the Fake Shadow. It's 15 bucks on Steam. You can go check that out. We got trailer that up. Uh, we have Where They Cremate the Roadkill. It's a surreal title from Gunseed Collab on PC for $12. Let's see if that's a thing you want to... I don't know what's going on with that. Oh, wow. Things look weird in this game. This is an RPG? I don't even know. Okay. I'm going to just move on from that one. Pixel Noir, which is a Kickstarter game. Uh, they have a beta being released to backers, and the alpha demo is being released publicly. And you can check out Pixel Noir, which looks like a... Oh, that's cool. It's kind of like a SNES noir adventure detective game thing. So you can check that out. It's turn-based JRPG combat in a film noir setting. It's coming out 2018 PC, Mac, Linux, PS4, Vita, and Xbox One. So let's see if that's a thing. I wonder if they're... No, I'm not going to say that. All right. So you can check that out. Uh, and then Blue Omen Operation. It's a game in the final stages of a successful Kickstarter crowdfunding campaign. That means they hit their numbers. Um, oh, it's done. So, they, yeah. I don't have to read anything on Kickstarter because you can't donate now. Uh, it's inspired by 2D command RPGs such as Paper Mario and the Mario and Luigi series. They've got a demo to download, so now you can get excited because they're coming in 2019. Yay. No, boo. Why? That's a long time. It's a long time? Okay. But you like those references, don't you? Yeah. Yeah. All right, we have got two reviews up. We got a review up of Save the Light by Sam Wachter, who did not like it very much. It's buggy. It's buggy. It's and, buggy. And then we have an editorial, Learning to Deal with SideQuest Edition. Um, you wrote that. Yes, yeah. I did. So what's up with this, Josh? Oh man, I get the I, I got to uh, kind of embarrass myself publicly about my weird gaming hangups. So <laughs> ba basically, I've just, especially since I joined RP Gamer, I've been trying to uh, be more cognizant about the way I'm playing games and try not to get sucked into. Sucked into doing all of the side quests like I used to with the games that I was really, um, really enamored of. And I, I just found that when I would, a, a lot of times where I would get sucked into trying to do them all, like Yakuza games were the ones, were probably the worst offenders, where I just felt like, oh man, I got to do every single little side quest. Because the side quests were usually the fun, funny, where the fun, funny things happened. And Every once in a while, I get stuck on one, and I would just keep banging my head against the wall trying to beat it and making myself miserable doing that experience. And I just kind of came to the realization that, you know, like I needed to uh, be very cognizant of, of of doing fewer side quests, not get hung up on trying to do everything, <laughs> if that makes sense. <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean, for me, it depends. Sorry, I'm watching on... this Haruka comedy routine that you linked in your article now. 
See, like that one, like th- that's where I got stuck in Yakuza Five. I was I was trying to do everything. Well, that's and, the point of a Yakuza game, though. Yeah, exactly. But th- that one is just like I could not do it. It's this quick. It's a comedy routine where there's like a straight man and a funny man, and the funny man says something goofy, and then you have to have the right comeback quickly to to uh, to successfully do the routine. And I'm sitting there, you know, like you're reading the subtitles, and by the time I read the subtitles and then look at the options and then pick the op the correct option, even, you know, like I've already missed the timing. They should have extended <laughs> it, given that it's a subtitled game now. Yeah. Yeah, they were. Yeah, they were. Okay. Mm-hmm. And you just couldn't yeah, let it, it go, could you? You had to no, do it? No, Had to. So it you read a guide? I, I, <laughs> like, I couldn't even... I, man, I got to the no. point where I couldn't even get the timing down even with knowing what the answers were. Like, I'm I'm that bad at, at uh, rhythm games. So... <laughs> that, that was my hang-up there. Right. Like, it's a cute thing. I'm glad they left it in, because it's such a weird little slice of japan like so much of that game is but like man that was just bread. brutal i, I feel better at a slice of bread might fit into <laughs> hey chris what a oh i have bag? a bread shaped bag you do Mm-hmm. it's perfect well what do you know so uh, josh um when you like and really, really enjoy a game, do you want to finish it completely because you don't want it to end? It's it's more about like sometimes that happens. Usually, it's much more about like not wanting to miss out on any th- any sort of content that would be good. That that's kind of the fear that's like driving that. Like, oh, I don't want to miss out on this cool little side quest, like. Trails games are sometimes the worst for me because there's so many, so many NPCs and they they all have something to say about everything, and so those games can be brutal for me where I'm going around and trying to talk to every single NPC and see every new thing that they have to say every time something happens. So it's more about like, ooh, I just don't want to miss anything rather than it wanting it to end, not wanting it to end. Have you tried The Witcher okay. Three? I have not tried The Witcher Three. Is it going to be awful? It's for, that? Be, for that, it'll be awful, yes. <laughs> I, I was just curious because that's the reason why I get addicted to side quests is because I am enjoying a game so much that I want to see everything and do everything that that it has to offer before I roll credits on it. That's why I end up spending like 90 hours and stuff like Final Fantasy 15 or Tales of Zillia 2 where I just I don't want the game to end because I know that when the game ends that I'm going to kind of get a little bit of depression from it because I don't think the next thing that I'm going to play is going to be able to capture the same magic of the stuff that or what I'm currently playing that I love so much. Um, the first time yeah. that happened to me was uh, Twilight Princess, where I Twilight Princess was my favorite Zelda game, and when I finished that, I was like down in the dumps for two days afterwards. But you're describing like the positive side, where you love a game and you love all the side missions. So this can really be bad, though, if it's if it's really terrible or just boring side missions 
or side quests and you you still feel compelled to do every one of them yeah not just and because they're hard but just because they're dull and when i am not enjoying a game i don't touch side quests with the 10 foot pole um tales of zestria no i didn't do a single one just because I wasn't really having that much fun in that game, so I didn't want to give it any more of my time than I had to. And, and see, that kind of happened to me like in the Summon Night games, where like Summon Night 5, some of my favorite parts of that game were like the goofy little side conversations that, that the characters would have. And so when I was playing Summon Night 6, I was just, you know, doing every single side conversation that came up. And they were boring as all get out in Summon Night 6, but I couldn't get myself to stop looking at them because I kept chasing like, oh, man, but maybe the next one will be good. Maybe the next one will make up for these. Maybe the next one will actually be funny. And, you know, like it just never, never played out. And that ended up making that game an even more boring and miserable experience. Monster Hunter. <laughs> yeah. And uh, talking about the negative side impact of me, um, Tales of Zillia 2 was my favorite Tales game in recent memory. And I wanted to, like, platinum trophy the game. And a lot of the trophies in that involved, like, getting 100 break skills or just doing these really tedious kind of combat things. And... I started trying to do that and I was just doing these stupid combat things over and over and over again. And I eventually was like, wait a minute, why am I doing this? I love <laughs> this game, but not this much. I'm not going to platinum trophy this. I'm just going to finish it and call it good. Yeah, exactly. That's kind of what my piece was about. Like just yeah. trying to be cognizant of like all the time, kind of asking yourself, am I having fun doing this? And if the answer is no, just stop doing it, <laughs> which sounds stupid. You know, like I'm writing this whole thing and I'm like, man, I sound like an idiot. Why can I not just, you know, ask myself, is this fun? And if it's not, quit doing it. But, you know, like, you, you, I don't know. I just get sucked in that 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 part of your brain that just loves like checking, ticking off boxes and, you know, finishing things. I don't know. Oh, I mean, like, that's my problem with Disgaea right now is me feeling compelled to want to make all these super characters, even though I certainly don't need a level 700 Laharl to finish the main story. <laughs> I'm sorry, I, I fell down a hole here. Um, after your Haruka minigame thing, it suggested um, the live action movie. Uh, Yakuza movie and it had a gunfight between Kiryu and Majima and I've been yeah. watching that and it's been amazing. <laughs> Have you not seen the Yakuza live action movie? No. Oh, it's Is that awesome. subtitled somewhere? Oh yeah, you can buy it. I think I think I got it for like eight bucks or oh, something. Great. I'm thinking you can get it on Amazon. You gotta watch it. Like it, it's awesome. He even has the the like the blue flames you know, you know like in the Yakuza games where he oh, really? does the blaze move. <laughs> oh yeah, they do that in the movie. Oh, excellent. So the character, yeah, flames start coming out of him. Oh, it's awesome. Now I'm watching uh, something about potatoes. I, I'm sorry. I'm not really paying attention to the conversation because I'm really hungry. Um, so I'm watching these YouTube videos. I, I don't have any good excuses here. And now I'm watching. What's going? Did we discuss this well, Anna? <laughs> what? The, the, side, the side quest story. Is this good? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> 
I guess I, well, I just Josh. wanted to get some of my own insight on it because I certainly feel Josh Josh's pain that I go through the same thing, but it it sounds like we kind of go through the same thing through for the for different reasons. Oh. I've literally been playing Dimensions to side quests the entire podcast. Oh, so, so you I'm just gonna shut are up. you not paying attention either? I'm paying attention. Oh, okay. I'm watching the gun battle now. No, oh, yes, <laughs> yes. This podcast is falling apart. Quick. Um. Yeah. So side quests. Go read Josh's thing and leave a comment in like this extremely long comment thread. And, We've been and having maybe a that really can good be our question about it. It's been cool. Yeah, maybe, that maybe should we can be our have a... question of the week. Side quests, yeah. yay or nay, why or why not? Okay. Or just how you deal or... how you deal with them. How is... do you deal with side quests? Or what do you do when you stop listening to the podcast and it just rambles <laughs> on in the background for no reason? What are you doing? No, the it's the other way. If you if you need to play through lots <laughs> of side quests, you put on a pod, podcast that rambles because then it gives you so you're saying that it's a snake that eats its own tail. Yes. Yes. And Ouroboros. Yes. It's no. He's not with the site anymore. They, st- <laughs> they started that reset era. Uh, all right. Anyway. Oh, we're getting meta. We need to move on. All right. Moving on. <laughs> uh, what are we talking about? Oh, Anna, did you fill in the feedback? Um, I forgot to check the email. Did you check the forums? So you forgot to do that too. <laughs> I, I have not been here for six weeks. You're a terrible person. You should feel bad. Um, Look yeah. at that. Josh is on top of it. He's like, dude, you got feedback. Go here. It's like, all right. I'm you looking don't... through the emails. There's yeah, like and I'm so... I'm gonna talk about what did we t- pick up on Black Friday and Cyber Monday. Yes. And this was in response to our our last episode, which was titled Hannibal Crossing, which was uh, such a good title. Such a good title. Inspired by the idea of Animal Crossing being a gotcha where you feed characters to other characters to level them up. Okay, so Budai says, I have also never beaten the first Baldur's game despite effort. The second one is just much more interesting. Uh, I got a Switch, Mario, and Xenoblade 2 for Black Friday, Cyber Monday, and also Battle Chasers for the PS4. So I'll be set for a while. Thank you, Budai. Victor says, it's a stretch to call the Battle Chasers. So good. Yeah, all right. Mm-hmm. Uh, Victor says it's a stretch to call this a Cyber Monday deal, but two Chemco RPGs on the 3DS were on sale for five dollars each. Chemco alert! Chemco alert! Um, Infinite Demise and uh, Journey to Crisia. I can't even pronounce them. Uh, so I picked them up. 3DS Chemco RPGs are something of a guilty pleasure. The guilt comes from knowing that I could be playing non-Chemco RPGs on the 3DS instead. <laughs> I also got the Mario plus Rabbids Kingdom Battle Season Pass for $20, no discount there, and the challenge maps alone aren't worth it, but I'm looking forward to the new story content in 2018, and I wanted to support a fun game. Um, the RP Gamer 5 out of 5 review convinced me to buy Xenoblade 2 on the Switch with a 20% pre-order new release discount for Amazon Prime. Victor didn't really do much in the way of... <laughs> black friday just I bought some games i don't think victor is in north america well all right fair enough shaman says picked up yakuza 0 on psn and seventh dragon 3 on 3ds replacing a copy i lost but i'm not sure if the latter was a specific black friday sale or just sega atlas restarting their sales cycle which is true they do that all righty uh thank you for and that the dragon was on the 3ds say what Seventh Dragon? Yeah. I didn't. I wasn't aware that Seventh Dragon uh, continued on the 3DS. Yeah, there was a game. 
Seventh Dragon Three Code VFD. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm, I was thinking Seventh Saga. Yeah. Scratch that. Yep. Mm-hmm. Butterflies. All right. So meow. Oh, no, wait. That's a different series. That seventh guest. Sorry. Meow, we have your plushies hostage. This is a text message that came into our Google Voice number. Meow, we have your plushies hostage. We want 10 kilos of extra fine catnip and mouse dolls. Signed, Simon and Company. Cat emoji. Simon, stop texting the Google Voice number. Uh, in all seriousness, thank you. I really enjoy getting cute texts to our Google Voice number. That's amazing. If you want to leave cute texts or silly texts or whatever, 608-729-4098. You can text. You can leave a voicemail, um, whatever you want to do. You can also do um, emails to podcast.rpgamer.com like Derek said here. Uh, hello, RPG Cast. I fall asleep playing games constantly. I usually play games in the evening and I go to bed early anyway, so I think that might be why. I'll be sitting on the couch playing a game and I will find myself unable to keep my eyes open. So I open up the menu or pause the game or whatever and I think, I'll just close my eyes for five minutes, then get back to it. That five minutes usually turns into an hour or so, and at that point, I just go to bed. Um, let's see. And. All right. Uh, one more things I've always wondered is how you guys can play so many games. What's your secret? <laughs> and the answer is Anna. Anna's the one who plays and, and using guides and using guides or cheats. Um, and, uh, let's see. We have uh, Disa writes in. Thanks for a great show. Currently backlogging, getting some very good laughs. You guys have done this for a long time. I have a question for Anna because she inspires me to try and find uh, games on Vita I didn't even know existed. So, Anna. What are the five best games on Vita that you have played this year? Um, all right, this year. Um, Legends of Heroes Trails of Cold Steel, because even though I didn't get into it, everyone in existence that I know that has played it except for me has loved it. Um, no, she asked what are the five best games you played. Okay, fine. Um, I would say... Um, nine hours, nine persons, nine doors. Um, I that game the Zero Escape Collection, <sighs> one and two. That game scared the. Mm-hmm. I that game terrified me, and I still kept playing it. So the the nonary games, I think, right? Yeah, yeah, the nonary games. That's what they call it. Collection. Yeah, so those games are really good nine 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 in particular i liked and the third game i liked the second game i found was not quite as strong i liked the characters out of that game though so i definitely kept playing um ray gigant i found was a really good dungeon crawler um as was my q labyrinth of death and i'm going to spell that m-e-i-q yeah because otherwise you're never going to figure out what the hell i'm talking about um, I enjoyed Trillion God of Struc God of Destruction, with the caveat that I did not get any crash bugs, and I find a lot of other people did. Um, and I loved the crap out of Danganronpa. Is that five? Sure. I think so. Yeah. Why not? And. I'd just like to add the caveat that, man, if you like classic games, the Vita is a damn good system because you can get all of the Final Fantasy games on there. Well, most of the, I mean, all the classic ones up to through at least 10. Um, the entire Persona series, uh, most of the Yee series, um, 
it's just a really good system if you want to kind of dive into RPG series that are classic. Right. Um, And to answer um, Derek's question about how um, how I play so many games and how I finish so many games is I kind of have three rules that I that I game by Um, is one. I only play one game at once. And if I'm playing more than that, I try to have them on two different systems so that I'm not juggling two games on the same system. Um, rule number two is um, I'm going to either drop a game or finish a game by the time I'm five hours in. Um, and in fact, you can look on my spreadsheet that it's like, if I'm going to drop a game, it's five hours, three hours, three hours, six hours, five hours, three hours. What about when the games get good after 20 hours? I'm I'm not going to stick around for that long. Oh. You can see where I've dropped games. It has basically been five hours or less. All right. That five-hour mark is my determining factor. If a game hasn't grabbed me by five hours, I'm just going to play something else. Um, And then, you know, three. I don't work full-time. Yeah, that helps. That's my secret. <laughs> Except this month. Except this month where I've been working 12-hour days. Mm-hmm. Except no October, November, December where I work 12-plus-hour days. And thus, I finish nothing. All right. If you want to leave feedback for us, it's podcast.rpgamer.com. Tell us about your how you deal with side quests. 608-729-4098, voicemail, text, um, and uh, forums.rpgamer.com. Just leave it in the show thread. So tell us how you deal with side quests. In the meantime, I want to tell you what's coming out this week. First off, December 12th gives us Fallout 4 VR on Steam for the Vive. Yeah? No? Anyone going to jump no. into Fallout 4 VR? Another re-release on VR. But this one's, in, this one's in, in VR, though. That's what. I, yeah, but same level of excitement as for Skyrim VR. All right. Here's something you're surely excited about. EverQuest is getting a new expansion called Ring of Scale. Yeah, you I heard me. Not. EverQuest is getting a new is still getting expansions. That game will never end. EverQuest 2 has come and gone. EverQuest 1 still continues. I don't understand why. Does anyone know? You but devoted. Oh, is oh EverQuest 2 is still around. Oh, I'm sorry. Alright, good. I feel better now. Cause, you know, Final Fantasy Eleven's still around, so. I guess those two. All right. Well, um, Okami HD is coming to PS4, Xbox One, and PC. Um, if you want uh, to buy Okami HD, again, this is the re-release of the HD remake that's now on the newer consoles. So play Okami. It's even more HD. It's even more HD. It's HHD. It's not 4K, though, is it? Yeah, it's 4K. Oh, it is 4K? Then they should call it Okami yeah. 4K. But whatever. I, th- I thought I saw on Twitter this morning that it's only locked at 30 frames a second, though. Yeah, yeah the PC version is. They, they, they said they had to do that so that a lot of the mini games would work. That it was just too much work to like re- of reprogramming to get the, uh, some of the timing-based mini games to work if it wasn't locked at 30. All right. That's weird. Okay. And uh, Romancing Saga 2, we talked about, is coming to uh, your PS4, your Vita, and your Xbox, and your Switch, Switch, and Windows. 
Um, and here's a game called Yodanji Chemco Alert. Chemco Alert. This is a roguelite from Chemco. It's coming out on... Or it's on Steam. What's it coming out to? I don't remember. Oh, it's out on Steam now. It just came out. So, there you go. Those are your RPG-type games. Who's who's jumping into EverQuest this week? Uh, it's a perfect time to get started I, with their 26th expansion. <laughs> I'm not like every kidding. Time you I'm ask, not kidding. Every time Chris asks who's getting in on this one, it's just deafening silence every time, no matter what well, the game. You know what's funny? Is we actually have someone on our site that still plays EverQuest. Ooh. Fox. I thought he played EverQuest 2. No, he plays EverQuest OG. He used to play EverQuest 2. He used to play both. Mm. Now he just plays the first one. The game itself doesn't interest me in the slightest, but I love hearing EverQuest stories just to see, hear about the kind of crap that people used to put up with in MMOs. Oh, yeah. Like the fact that they launched an expansion with a boss that was supposed to be unbeatable, except be people beat it and it had no loot table. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I misspoke. It's not their 26th expansion. It is their 24th. It's a very important that we get that right. What are you playing this week, Anna Marie? Um, I'm gonna finish Final Fantasy Dimensions too, and then I don't know. I have to pick a game. I have to pick a game. I don't know what to pick. Okay. Should I try Cold Steel again? Should I try that? It is pretty awesome. Hmm, that might be my game. You're not going to try uh, the first ones, though. No, I go with Cold Steel. Oh, okay. Tits? No, I've tried them. I hit my five-hour mark and went, mm-mm. Okay. Actually, I think I hit ten hours and went, uh-uh. I gave it a fair try. I, I don't blame... Like, I love those games, but I don't blame anyone who fails on them. They are really slow starting. Yeah, it's a slow burn, but... who those games were good. Hey, as long as I know it's a slow burn going into it, I think I and it's like traditional RPG type slow burn, I can do that because that makes me think about when I was younger. Nostalgia. Hey, so um, Kelly, what are you playing this week? Well, I'm finishing up this guy in D2, and I think I'm going to start up an RPG on my SNES Classic. <gasps> Which one? Just because I've got. I'm leaning towards either Mario RPG or um, Breath of Fire 2. With the caveat that I have a hacked NES classic, or SNES classic, uh, rather. But um, that's all right. And within the past month, I built a, a retro pie. But there's this fan translation for Breath of Fire 2 that is amazing. That it's way I wanna, better. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that I want to give it a try. And, you know, I've got two weeks until Christmas and. I don't know what games I might be getting for Christmas if I get one any might games say, at all. This one is actually a translation, unlike the original, which confused things like yes with no. <laughs> yeah. I mean, this time of year when there's kind of a gaming drought in between whatever comes out in Christmas, I kind of like to go back to stuff that I feel nostalgic for. So, I don't know. I mean, I don't know if you guys get that way as well. I like seeing where I came from as far as gaming was concerned. If that makes any sense. Cool. Well, that works. sounds perfect for EverQuest. 
<laughs> I have a quest. Let's I, do it. I think Whoa. that's kind of my dilemma in trying to figure out what I want to play. Is like is what class you're going to play in EverQuest? Well, no. In two weeks, I'm going to be getting at least two collection games. And at least two RPGs. What, what are that? What are those? Oh, so, you're going to get Yokai and Pokemon. Yeah, and then I'm going to get the Mario Superstar Saga and uh, Hyper Devotion Noir. Who's getting you all these games? My brother. You already have Noir. It's on your Vita. Yeah, but he bought it for me too. Yeah, well. See, I just threw a bunch of games on my Christmas list, and I don't know who... There's no guarantee what could be gotten or even if they uh, paid attention to my Amazon list at all. So I don't necessarily want to bank on that. I hinted heavily at Xenoblade Chronicles, but that's just Christmas RNG for you. Yep, yep, yep. All right. Uh, Josh, what are you playing this week? I'll be doing more Demon Gaze 2 and... uh... Maybe I'll try Nier since I got that new graphics card. I've owned that thing on PC for like six months, so I should probably play it. <laughs> yeah, that that might be. Yep. <sighs> what are you going to play, Chris? Uh, uh, Blade Chronicles 2. Okay. That's what I thought, but, yeah. you know, figured I'd ask. Yeah, you knew that. <laughs> and then... Pascal. Uh, more Monster Hunter. More, uh, I want to go back and finish Metal Gear Solid Five. Oh, and I've been playing the King's Quest remake. So those three. That works. We ordered like a million Telltale games. We should probably play one of those. I thought that was January we were doing all those. Oh, okay. Because you can't do it while you're doing your, your work. No, that's very true. Oh, you know what? That should be our February thing because I'm not going to be in the mood to do anything else. We'll have to set it up in the in the in the bedroom. Fair enough. All right. Oh, is that everyone? Yep. All right. Let's call this then. As I watch, are there Yakuza... not new releases? I'm watching a Yakuza Six trailer. It's oh, interesting looking. They were they were so unremarkable. Yeah, yeah it must be if I completely Kelly, tuned to that. Kelly, let me um, tell you. Do you want to play EverQuest? Because they have a new expansion coming out. <laughs> it was like EverQuest, a Chemco release, and then like three non-starters. Uh, it was oh, Okami. Yeah, H- oh, and then, and then Fallout VR. Fallout 4 VR, Okami <laughs> HD, EverQuest's 24th expansion, Omega Quintet on PC, Romancing Saga 2 on Windows Switch, PS4, PS Vita, and Xbox One, and Yodanji, Chemco Alert. Yes. That's it. So the only new one was a Chemco game. It was an EverQuest expansion, hey. a Chemco game, and three non-starters. So this is, this is like everyone's going to actually be cool with playing... Um, 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 romancing saga now, so you should go do it. Man, my brain just completely shut down for <laughs> ten minutes. Apparently, well, you're probably hungry. We've gone that, really late this podcast. That, that's true. I apologize. We faffed about a bit in our pre-show. Yeah, we should. Probably I don't go. know what's going on. I'm watching this Yakuza 6 trailer. It's crazy. There's so many things happening. Chris. Yakuza. 
and the show. Uh, thanks everybody for watching. Um, send feedback to the thing. And um, remember, question of the week is so how do you deal with side quests? Thanks everybody for watching. 9 a.m. Pacific, noon Eastern. We'll be back here next week. And um, yay! Go play uh, all the awesome games that came out this year because there was just so many and they're very long. Bye. See you next time. Bye-bye. Bye. 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 Bye.